In today's episode, we bring you part two of our three-part series, The Road to Super Bowl 56. We'll be going over the Cincinnati Bengals, their offense, their defense, and their special teams, and what they'll need to do to achieve victory in today's Super Bowl. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. And thank you for always listening to Phase One Sports. I told you guys, I've been so busy. Welcome to the Sports Super Bowl Zoo Crew. Yes, yes, the eve before the game, before the Super Bowl, man. I'm, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out in Philly for the Super Bowl, man. Oh, you, you know when you get older. Yeah, okay, is... yeah, okay. I'm I'm out here, man. I'm out here. My mom's they doing a big, big Super Bowl party tomorrow. So I got look, man, I got I'm 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 ready. I'm ready. I can't wait. I need to end up. You need oh no no no, yeah, come on, come through. No, nah, I got we got listen, I, I went and got a bottle, I went and got the liquor from New York and brought it out here. So I uh got a bottle of Hennessy. <laughs> oh, what a bottle. Listen, I can't wait, y'all. I'm so excited for this game. I'm, I'm I'm mad at that I missed the first show. I was so busy on that night. You know what I mean. But nah, you yeah. The invite is oh is open. It's open. I just wrapped up in Saran wrap with dry rub a five pound pork roast for pulled pork for tomorrow. Oh Ooh. man! Oh, and man. and and my wife my oh, wife that's makes. Not fair. Oh, I'll take a picture. I'll take a picture. But my wife my wife makes this great buffalo chicken dip like for an appetizer. But she mm. likes to use, for some reason, she likes to use, like, the canned chicken. I don't know why. So I smoked, like, three pounds of chicken thighs. And <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna shred that tomorrow and put that in her buffalo chicken dip. So I'll, I'll get yelled at for doing it that way. Yeah. Now, mind you, I know that's wrong already, but I'm still going to go down with a fight. <laughs> got to, man. Got to. Yeah, got to, got to, got to, without question. So, got a lot. I mean, Chip, there's so much to talk about for this game. I can't believe we're here. I mean, by this time tomorrow, we're going to be into probably the start of the third quarter. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We're about to be up. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, man. I really can't wait. There's so much storyline. Just, we're at the point, y'all, man. Where now it's it's no more talking. It's all about it's it's all about the game. It's all about the game at this point. We're here. Uh, I kind of thought we got here quick. You know what I mean? Like to be honest with you, you know that you know it's always a um you know that two week period. You know what I mean before the Super Bowl because after the championship weekend, so um you know they don't play out. You know that one week gap, and then you know really it's a two weeks. It's really a full two week gap. So the storylines, you know, we could talk about those, but. I know that I'm just I'm you know what I'm thinking about guys like the players like you, you, this is the game of your life you know what I mean and it's here it's here like I, I like I like what um Chase said Chase said they asked him about Jalen Ramsey he said well, look I'm not worried he got to cover me so I'm like listen I like stuff like that let's get the talk going let's get the adrenaline going you know what I mean let's get the energy going um. Guys, the, the game is tomorrow, and I, and I know we're going to do our prediction before tomorrow, but I, I don't even have a prediction yet. Like, I don't – it's not – like, I don't know who I'm picking. It's not like I'm leaning towards – it's just – this is a toss-up to me, man. This is an even, evenly matched Super Bowl. I know a lot of people don't think that way. You got a lot of people that's – you got questions about whether Cincinnati can hang. I'm like, where is these questions coming from? Like, I don't know. 
but I, I'm expecting a I'm expecting a really good game in the thirties. I think it get well into the thirties. I'm expecting a really good game. I think tomorrow's game could be like this for for the fan that had to work or for the novice football fan or whatever. Hey, who won the game? The Rams. Ah, they were the favorite. Hey, who won the game? The Bengals. Yeah, they got hot. They were playing like just like you're saying. It's hard to figure out who it's going to be. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know what I mean? And I think that, uh, like I said, there's so many storylines into this game. You know, two number one overall picks, both wearing number nine. Uh, I'm just so excited. Like, I I can't stress this enough. Like, I'm I'm just so excited uh, to see how this is going to turn out. Yeah, sorry, I'm in the middle of doing dishes. That's why I'm muted. But yeah, I know that this game's gonna be crazy. You know what I mean? I know it's the game everybody didn't want. You know, nobody really wanted the Bengals there. They wanted Kansas City against the Rams. I understand. You don't like it. But too bad Joe Thorough and Eddie Burrow got the job done with his defense, okay? And hopefully tomorrow, Cincinnati can raise the the one and only banner they're going to have for a few years because the AFC is completely and utterly stacked. And I think every year it's going to be a different participant on that side for the Super Bowl. I don't think Kansas City has a dynasty yet. The Patriots are going to have to hope and pray Matt Jones turns into Brady. Lamar, if he gets um, a better coordinator, could possibly do something. Uh... Herbert, you know, his team's got to level out, just be level, stop being so up and down. And, um, yeah, I, I think next year is going to be extremely crazy. I know we're talking about tomorrow, but I've already passed tomorrow. I'm just like, just like Brandon was saying, and so was Biggie, I, I have no skin in the game for this team, for any team. You know what I mean? I like Joe. You know, he, he's doing something miraculous coming off of that injury. Um Stafford is proven that Detroit is a cesspool. Um, <laughs> you know, it'd be good for Ramsey, not Ramsey, um, OBJ to get a ring. You know what I mean? That would be good too. It's him and Aaron Donald. I think Aaron Donald deserves it more than anybody else, though. He's put the work in. His team just hasn't, you know, provided uh, the extra oomph that he's needed for these situations. Um, for, for me, for me, I think, um, I've just enjoyed this whole week, uh, heading into, uh, the game on Sunday, talking about from all the, um, analytics to the, um, storylines within, um, for both teams, the NFL honors was, um, was, yes, was a couple of days ago, uh, just a little local win for me with TJ Watt finally getting defensive player of the year. I was so stoked to uh, see him finally get the recognition he deserves after not getting it last year, but we ain't talking about that. Um, but uh, it was just, it was just a, it was just a cool, it was just a cool week. Uh, uh, it was just a cool week in, in general. And it's going to lead up to what I think is going to be a really good game. Honestly, who cares um, if it's the Super Bowl that we didn't get? Um, both teams 
deservingly uh, are deserving of being in here. And um, I'm excited to see the, to see what happens from the kickoff to the halftime show, especially the halftime show. Um, so I'm stoked for it. I can't wait to talk about um, everything and get into the topics that we're going to get into today. But I'm excited, man. Yeah, um, thanks for inviting me, guys. Appreciate appreciate you guys inviting me and uh, welcoming me onto this great panel as we discuss for the Super Bowl tomorrow. I can't wait, man. It's all, I can't believe it's already we're already this close into it. Um, but yeah, like yeah, look, um, I, I think I know, I, I know you guys have said that this is the Super Bowl that we made that we probably didn't want, but I feel like we should be happy either way. I think this is a win-win. I feel like either team, whoever wins it, um, like we won't feel too bad because I think I think we'll be I think we'll be happy with either team winning it, anyways. And I think this is like yeah, I feel, I feel like this is one of those Super Bowls where you know, you know, hey, listen, whoever wins, hey, they win, right? You know, um, where in the past where with like the Chiefs winning, uh, reaching two two Super Bowls back to back. In the last two, uh, uh, in 2019, sorry, 2020 and 2021, obviously some people, you know, didn't want the Chiefs dominating the AFC. And then likewise, you know, people would have rooted against the Patriots, you know, with Tom Brady, Bill Belichick. This is like different because, you know, you've got the Rams, um, with all their star-studded, you know, team. The Bengals with, with a very, you know, young and upcoming team um, led by Joe Burrow and uh, Jamar Chase, of course. So, you know, like, you know, there's there's not one thing that you can dislike about, you know, both of those teams. Um, unless you guys, <laughs> yeah, unless you guys have something that you dislike about one of those two teams. But, hey, uh, but look, for me, I, I don't have any. I, I, I'm just sitting there as a neutral. I can't wait, you know, for the game tomorrow. And I can't wait to see see what's happening. I just hope it, I just hope it will be a great game, a high-scoring game. Um, uh a shootout. Um, I just don't want it to be a blowout, you know. Uh, I hope the halftime performance is great, just like PJ said. Uh, I hope that would be great. This is going to be, it's going to be a great halftime, halftime show, man. So, uh, um, yeah, this, this Super Bowl, uh, it's, it's wide open. It's up for grabs. Um, you know, uh, like, uh, yeah, you know, like Brandon said, you know, um, actually, you know, Big, you might have said this, um, you know, if the if the Bengals win, you know, people might not be surprised because they were hot. They, you know, <laughs> they were hot in this postseason, right? Um, and then, you know, if the Rams win, it's because the Rams were like the favorites, and you know, they, you know, they have a very star-studded, you know, um, team, right? You know, with with uh, Matthew Stafford and OBJ, Cooper Cup, and then Von Miller, Aaron Donald, uh, Leonard Floyd, and. Um, and Jalen Ramsey, right? So you know, some pe- people won't be surprised by that. Uh, either way, it's a very open Super Bowl, fifty-fifty. You know, I it's tough. You know, it's really tough to predict who's going to win because you can make a case for either team. Um, we'll get into that later, but um, I, I I can't wait. It's it's going to be fun, um, regardless of the result. Because I, I mean, I'm just sitting there as a neutral, um, hoping for a good game, not really rooting against the team. You know, um, so yeah, but look, listen, here's an interesting um fact, right? Before the season, right? Like, 
in preseason, the Bengals had the same odds to reach the Super Bowl. Also, not to win the Super Bowl as the Jets, Jaguars, the Jets and the Jaguars, you know, which is quite incredible. You know, now look, of course, nobody could have predicted the Bengals would ever reach the Super Bowl, um, let alone even reach the playoffs. I had the uh, Bengals winning at least seven games um, heading into the season. And obviously they won 10 games. So, and, you know, they've reached the Super Bowl. It just shows that, you know, any team can turn it around. Um, you know, it just shows, yeah, just sort of any team can turn it around and, and you know, that we that we can have teams that, you know, that have, you know, won like, let's say, four or five games, you know, <laughs> like, let's say, win 10 or 11 games and, and go deep in the postseason and eventually reach the Super Bowl. We've seen that with the 49ers a couple of times. And now we've seen that with the Bengals. Um, and then obviously even the Jaguars, I know they didn't reach the Super Bowl, but they got to the AFC Championship game in 2017. So um, a lot of, yeah, you know, um, but I feel like this is different, you know, because the Bengals have pieces there where they can, you know, they can make some noise, uh, you know, in the upcoming years. We'll see what happens, but uh, definitely it's exciting to watch because, you know, you're on one hand, you've got the Bengals who, yeah, like I just said, they are the future. They are one of those uh, pro- probably like four or five teams in the AFC where, you know, they can definitely make noise year, year in, year out. And then, you know, you've got the Rams who are in a win now mode who, you know, traded all of, traded all of their like sort of draft picks away, um, you know, to, to uh, you know, to kind of, get all of these star, you know, firepower on their team with the likes of Matthew Stafford, Jalen Ramsey, and Von Miller, right? So, uh, yeah. And, they, you yeah, mean so, they traded away their future? Forget drafts. They traded, away, they traded the away their future. And their cap yeah. space. Yeah, just saying, yeah, dra- yeah, traded away the draft picks, yeah, meaning future f- for all of those players, right? So, to be in this position, right? So, you know, yeah, it, it, it's it's a tale of two different teams, different situations, right? So uh, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be interesting to watch. Um, obviously, I, I think the Rams, of, of course, they need it more than the Bengals. But then you could argue that the Bengals need it more because this probably is their best chance of reaching the Super Bowl because the Chiefs are not going away. The Bills are not going away. The Chargers are going to get better. And I think the Chargers have a much, much better quarterback than, you know, Justin Herbert, you know, um, in the in the in the mall, right? So you know, uh, and then but let's not forget about the Baltimore. I mean, b- better than Burrow. You think yes. Justin's better than Burrow? He's, I was just about to yeah. ask that. So he said, "You, you say you think you think they they might you think Herbert? I I can see if you say Herbert is whoa, not, whoa, much better. Whoa, 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 whoa. guys, 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 guys. Let me let's just finish one more part um, to this, right? Let's not forget about the Baltimore Ravens, guys. Right, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I'm just saying, saying all of these teams I'm in the AFC. I'm just saying all of these teams in the AFC. I'm just saying that you know the Bengals. As I did say, they could make some noise in the AFC, but like you know, you got four or five different teams. You know, you know that could get that could be in the Bengals' way, right? Whilst in the NFC, oh, maybe no, the Rams. I'm saying. I'm saying. No, but they could reach the Super Bowl game because the NFC is a little weak, right? But okay, let's okay. Let's you talk mean, about you the, mean the NFC. The NFC is a little a weak. No, 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 I said the NFC. Hold on, guys. Hold on, hold on. I said the AFC. Sorry, guys. Hold on, hold on. Because I got to put a little bit of structure in the show. Because guys are going way off topic. I love the energy though, but I wasn't. I was on topic. No, 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 no. 
because this show is strictly about the Bengals. Because we're gonna have the opportunity tomorrow, early in the morning, to discuss like the whole dynamic of the Super Bowl. This is more so just the dynamic of what this what the Bengals need to do to win the Super Bowl. You know, star players and stuff. As far as like who who's the matchup to watch on the Bengals aspect of the side? Because the first episode we did was strictly on the Rams. So. I'm gonna let you guys. My bad, my point. bad. I got a little, I, I got yeah, a little I, carried away. My bad. I just, I just was like, let me, let me get this before this go on a whole different tangent. But <laughs> nah, the show is just strictly on the, uh, on the Bengals because I know Brandon and PJ and Saeed, um wasn't here for the first show, so this is just mainly the Bengals. What do the Bengals need to do to win the game? Um, the Bengals offense, Bengals defense, Bengals special teams, and then like if you guys aren't gonna be on the show tomorrow, you guys can make your predictions today. But that's if they're not going to be on the show tomorrow. Um, so I don't know if Saeed or PJ is free tomorrow. Um, but that's going to be part three, just talking about oh, the yeah, I'll, I'll in general. Be, I'll, I'll be free. So, yeah. Okay. No, so you guys can finish your points. I just wanted to make sure that you guys understood the structure of the show. It's just main, mainly just talking about the Bengals and just talking yeah. about the offensive side of the ball. Um, but quickly, yeah. I'll just make my point for my introduction. It's just, you know, like I said, this is going to be a great game tomorrow. I think King and Biggie and everybody on the panel said that, you know, this wasn't the Super Bowl that we predicted to happen in the beginning of the year. Like, just listening to the uh, prediction show, I had Green Bay and I think the Chargers. So that goes to show you my analyst. <laughs> my analyst. <laughs> I'm pretty horrible at picking. Because um, I had the Bengals actually missing the playoffs. I had the Steelers and Bengals missing the playoffs. Yeah, me too, man. Made, made it. So it goes to show you just, you know, how the NFL is. Mm-hmm. And this is why the NFL is king in in the States because anything could happen. And I think King said this too, like, you know, moving forward, there's going to be a different representative in the AFC every year because the AFC is getting really tough. And this yeah. is pretty much the quarterback central of the of the two conferences, like the younger league talents because nobody would have thought Burrow would have been here. And I think PJ mentioned uh, the award show. Like, you got to think about it. Joe Burrow was coming off of ACL last year. And for him to be in the Super Bowl this year, is, it's amazing, man. That, that just shows you that great determination of that Cincinnati Bengals team. So I'm going to open up the floor for Brandon to let me know how he feels about the Cincinnati offense and, like, what they had to do as far as, you know, to, to come in and strike heavy. So, B, let me know how you're feeling about Cincinnati's offense. And then everybody can go. They can go Brandon, PJ, King, Saeed, or whoever jumps in. Just let me know how y'all feel about that offensive, the offensive Cincinnati and what they need to do to win the Super Bowl. Run the ball. Run the ball, <laughs> you know what I mean. Run the ball, main balance. Um, we listen. The Rams' pass defense, I think, has gotten better recently. Um, there's times where there's there's leaks in the secondary. We all we already know Jalen Ramsey is capable of locking up one side of the field or locking up a receiver, but this is a different animal. You know what I mean? Like, as great as the corner as Jalen Ramsey is, Chase is a little different. I think we all know that. Um, they were like when you look at. The, t- the the very few times that Ramsey spaced up with Devontae, he struggled because they only do they move him. And that's why I said they're going to move Chase around. Now, I love Ramsey. I, I, he's one of my favorite players to watch just overall in the league. But as far as Cincinnati is concerned, you have to run the football. You have to get Joe Mixon involved in some type of way in this game. Because Kansas City, for the most part, had held him in check. It was a, he had a big run towards the end, and he pretty much kind of sealed that game in overtime. But you just have to keep feeding him because the Rams are going to be hard, like I said before. One thing about the Rams, and they still play this way, they play the run on the way to, on the way to the pass. 
they're not really trying to stop the run, to be quite honest with you. They have, but especially with those pass rushes, they're capable, you know, with Donald and, you know, Floyd and, 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 and Miller and stuff like that, and Gaines and Aishon Robinson. Like, they have a really good defensive line. But like I said before, I think Cincinnati has to run the ball. You know what I mean? Keep mixing involved. Like I said, you got other wideouts to use. I'm not sure if that tight end is going to be playing in the Super Bowl, um, but I do know they still got Higgins and Boyd. And so even if CJ Ozama doesn't play, you still got Higgins and Boyd, and you still got Mixon in the backfield, along with Chase. So if you're Cincinnati, run the football. We know Cincinnati can pass. I have no doubt that they'll be having success. I think uh, Bro should have a, a, a good game. I'm not going to sit there and say a big day, because when you really look at his stats throughout the postseason, they haven't been like – our popping stats, but he's just been good. You know what I mean? Like he just gets it done. He, he's just been good. You know what I mean? He did throw for what? I think was it? I think he threw for four hundred or close to four hundred against Tennessee. But it wasn't like I think he had what, only one touchdown or something like that. But it was just good enough. So I expect the Cincinnati if they if they, they want to um, succeed offensively, run the football, remain balanced. Um, I do think they can run the ball better than the Rams just because Mixon is better than any of those other running backs the Rams got. Not to say they're bums, but, you know, Mixon is better. Um, the biggest, biggest problem for Cincinnati, uh, this offensive line, man, like if they – if they, Brandon, hold on one second. Hey, King, could you mute for a second, King? Oh, shit, my shit's not muted? No. <laughs> oh, yeah. my bad, my bad. Thank you, King. Like, Go ahead, Brandon. The I'm sorry. Show, King. <laughs> they just they just gotta run the ball, man. They they, they gotta run the football and protect bro, man. They have, not only protect bro, but you have to uh, be great be great at run blocking in this game. This Rams defense line is a different animal. This is um this is the defense. That, this is gonna be similar to the defense that um the Bengals faced against Tennessee in terms of from a defensive line standpoint and just overall. You know what I mean? I, I even say the Rams got even more firepower, obviously, on the defensive line and overall in the defense. But um, I'm, I expect a good game. I really do. But I, like I said, the answer um, answer to this question, Cincinnati just has to run the football. Run the football, keep it balanced, keep mixing. Have this Mixing needs to have a lot of carries in this game and keep them involved in the passing game. You want to keep the Rams defense as much as off balance as much as possible. This is the most difficult offense the Rams have had to face all postseason. Uh, when you look at how Tampa, how injury riddled they were in that game, uh, that's not to give them excuses. They lost, but you know they were injury riddled coming into the game. Um, San Francisco is not known for a high-powered offense, and uh, the Cardinals were just you know without Hopkins, and I think that really you know Arizona was already coming into the postseason cold. So th- this is the most difficult challenge, and vice versa, you know, for Cincinnati as well. So, um, but run the ball, keep mixing involved, and he needs to be the X factor in this game because we know what those receivers can do. Because I don't think the Rams, uh, they've improved in the secondary, but they're still leaked. So, like I said, Ramsey can pretty much take Chase out the game, even though I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be a mixture of both. I think Chase is going to get his, but I think Ramsey's going to win some matchups as well. It's going to be a great battle. But we know Boyd and Higgins can do damage because I don't believe in the Rams' secondary corners outside of uh, Ramsey. You know, in terms of being able to cover Higgins and Boyd one on one, so Mixon, keep him involved, and I think they'll, 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 they'll they should have success offensively. Hey Brandon, yeah. would it would it surprise you if we saw an unusual amount of Samaj P Ryan tomorrow, especially with the Bengal tight end being in question? P Ryan had like thirty one catches this year. Um, 
but he, he's been he's been kind of like Johnny on the spot throughout these playoffs. And I remember in one game, Johnny not on the spot because he ran the play. He ran a screen to where he had no blockers because the play was supposed to go to the right and he took it to yeah. the left. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember yeah. that? Oh. Remember that? But do you, do you think there's a possibility with his receiving skills and with that tight end question that, you know, it wouldn't be unusual to see a little more of him tomorrow? Absolutely. Absolutely. I expect to see him a lot. Um, you know, like I said, you can keep mixing and, you know, involved in the game. You know, obviously you have to keep mixing involved in the game. But in a game like this, you know, you want to use all your weapons. And I think the tight end spot for Cincinnati is definitely going to be crucial. Um, just as well as the Rams with their tight end spot. Um, Higby is obviously on injury reserve. He won't be playing. So that, I forgot that tight end that they um, that had a factor against San Francisco. I forgot his name. But, you know, I expect for him to be a factor as well. So, yeah, not at all. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him have a factor into this game. Um, uh, be, but, you know, like I said before, I expect for mix, uh, um, Joe Mixon. And Boyd and Hick has got to show up. Like those, those three guys, Mixon, Boyd, and Hick has got to show up. You know what I mean? Those guys show up. It's going to be hard for the Rams to, uh, you know, kind of contain the weapons. You know what I mean? Uh, but the offensive line got to get broad time. We know that. You don't get this man anytime. It's going to be a long day. You know what I mean? Now, obviously, we've seen bro take pressure all game. I mean, all, you know, against Tennessee, against Kansas City. We've seen him have constant pressure, especially that Tennessee game is still win. The difference with those teams, though, well, no, I'm not Kansas City, Kansas City, but, um, Run the ball. Like I said, just run the ball. Keep mixing the ball. The tight end, I expect for him to have a difference maker. Uh, a different, he's, I expect for him to be a um, a difference maker in this game. But yeah, If he's they, healthy, if he's healthy, Brian, you're right, because Ozuma is the guy that you're thinking uh, about. And he had like 52 catches, 600 yards, six, five or six touchdowns. So they're it, it well could rounded, be, man. Yes, exactly. They're well rounded offensively. Yeah, he can block. They're well rounded offensively. It's a lot of weapons. This is this is a this is a challenge for Raheem Morris in, in the defense. This is a this is a challenge. This offense, you know what I mean. Especially if the offensive line is able to give bro some type of time. They give they give him some type of time. I'm sorry, I, I just don't see how tough any defense to contain the weapons that Cincinnati got. You can make a legitimate argument. Do they have the best weapons offensively in the game? I'm not talking about just in this game. I'm talking about overall in the league. Like, the, 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 you, when you have Mixon and when you got the quarterback in Burbo, then you have the receivers with the tight end that they had. Cincinnati get off the line, this offense is going to be damn near it's impossible to, to stop. You know what I mean? I'm not, they don't even see, but an offense like that, you don't even have to have, to have a great offense. What? Line. You just need an offensive line that's serviceable. What are you saying what for? What? Uh, look, look, um, I'm sorry to cut you off. Um, I, I disagree. I agree. Yo, I'm what sorry. You- Did you already came up this guy so quick? The man said, what? What you laughing You know, listen, man. You know PJ's going to go in when he, when he gets that reaction, well, man. Well, well, but I'm trying to figure out what, what he, what, what he, what he, what's, what's going on. Was it, was it because I said I, they had the best offense? I, I agree. I agree with what you, with what you said on what they, on the key to them having to uh, win the football game. I think that they have to have total control and make this their game to win overall Absolutely. but i would not i would not say that this is the toughest deep the toughest offense the rams have had to play um so far in this in these playoffs i think the 49ers offense was a little bit oh hell no hell no 
No, they, they, their subtraction was Jimmy Garoppolo. This subtraction was Jimmy Garoppolo. That was the I, reason I, why I, the offense wasn't that difficult. I, I, I agree with PJ on that one because their only, the, their, their their only problem yeah. was Jimmy was, was Garoppolo. So, guys, let me ask you this. PJ, say, let me ask you this. When you're facing San Francisco, right, what's the main thing you got to stop? Like, what's the, what's the main perspective? You stop this and you stop, you pretty much kind of contain the offense as a whole. Why you think San Francisco struggled in the NFC Championship game? They stopped the run. Yeah. Pete Brandon, listen, look, uh, I predicted the Rams to beat the 49ers because it's a playoff game. It's not a regular season game. And listen, it's going to come down to the quarterback in the fourth quarter. Can he make a play? And therefore, I just don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo. It's not a regular season game, right? It's different. But I do agree to PJ about the 49ers offense being the toughest that the Rams have probably faced in this postseason. Nah. No, it's because of the run game. The run game. But what about the passing game? Cincinnati can run and pass. I'm not finished. I'm not finished. Hold on. The Rams' run defense is 23rd in the NFL. That is their worst. Like this is their this this is the biggest weakness of their defense. It's their run defense, right? The 49ers. What is their biggest strength? Running the football, right? You got Elijah Mitchell. You got Debo Samuel. Who, who's a gadget, okay? You got George Kittle's a great block. He's a great blocking tight end. That offensive line for the 49ers is legit at run blocking. I mean, like, right. like, Saeed, like, you're right. Saeed, Saeed, Saeed you're, you're right. Saying, but here's, here's the problem. A, listen, though, no, no, wait. I'm just saying, I'm saying here's the problem. You, you have no mismatch. reason, you have no reason to respect Jimmy G. You of have course, zero I, reason to respect him. I agree. But you're going to have to respect Joe Burrow. Biggie, I agree with you 100%. I'm just saying the offense as a whole. I'm not talking about quarterback. I'm talking it, uh, the offense so as a whole. So San Francisco weapons so are better than Cincinnati's? That's what y'all saying? No. All right, it's, so it's what makes San Francisco It's about the scheme. It's about the offensive What's the Cincinnati's okay. game is good. It's about the offensive scheme. Kyle Hold Shanahan on. one of the Hold best on. play callers in the league, right? Literally, he has. Listen, he has a number on on Sean McVay, uh, you know, and obviously Raheem Morris, the defensive coordinator, right? Like, come on, Kyle Shanahan's offense, right? You know, is probably one of the most well-rounded offenses in the NFL. Now, that. the only glaring weakness, yeah, of course, is quarterback. I agree with you guys, one hundred percent. And Joe Burrow is better than Jimmy Garoppolo, one hundred percent. Right, of course, there's levels to this. All I'm saying is the offense, you know, the mismatch, right? Mm-hmm. Because Ram, the Rams' run defense isn't great. It's it's not great. It's it's okay. It's not great. It's not good. It's 23rd in the NFL. Like it's a weakness. It's a glaring weakness. Okay. Now, of course, their run defense yeah. has gone a lot better. They tweaked some things, of course, because obviously they they did really well in stopping the run, you know, against the Cardinals, and you know. Well, I'm not going to say the Buccaneers because the Buccaneers passed the ball like a ton. They threw the right. ball a ton. But I'm just saying they did a really good adjustment, you know, in the playoffs that helped them in their wins against the Cardinals and the 49ers in the NFC Championship game, you know? So they've improved that aspect. I'm just saying, right, I agree with PJ. Of course, the 49ers offense is tough because it's a mismatch, you know, you know, with the weakness that the Rams have and the strength that the 49ers have. And, and, and Brandon... You know, you talk about the Bengals running the football, right? I actually agree with you. The, the Bengals should run the football. That's the plan, right? You know, run the football, okay? <coughs> because maybe the Rams, listen, 
Playing the Rams defense, they might think that Joe Burrow is going to spray balls towards, you know, uh, Jamar Chase, uh, CJ Uzama if he plays, uh, Tyler Boyd, uh, T. Higgins, and you know, probably, you know, there'll be some screen, some screen passes, RPOs to Joe Mixon or maybe Jamar Chase, you know, like they probably expect Joe Burrow to throw the ball a lot, you know. Show the show show the Rams defense that you've got different options on how you can run the offense, running the football. Right. When you when, when you when they run this ball tomorrow, for for me, when they run this ball, whenever whenever the Bengals run the ball, it has to be four yards average. It has to because the more third and sixes that we see the Bengals in earlier in this game. That's just like sands through the hourglass that this game could potentially be over just because of that potentially weak offensive line on paper that the Bengals have and the pass rush that we know Von Miller and Darnold and, and everybody's going to try and bring it. And, and they only generally run like four guys. So it's not going to be an over thing, but Brandon's point is, is good in, in, in this regard because the Bengals are playing well. They're 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 ascending. They're getting hot at the right time, right? And they have so many weapons on offense that it'd be impossible for them to build an all-star team at the offensive line position, even though two of their linemen are ranked in the top fifty or top forty-five in their positions the league in the league. If they just play effective tomorrow, I'm gonna love to see the the offensive play calling in this game between these two teams tomorrow, because this could be a 24, 27 in the third beginning of the third quarter chess match that we have going on tomorrow. And, and, and one last thing about what we were just talking about, just so I just want to prove my point even more. Uh, So overall Cincinnati averaged this year, 26.6 points per game, San Francisco averaged 24 but the last three games, Cincinnati averaged 24 points per game. San Francisco only 17.7. So that, that stats are driving home for you guys. Okay. 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 Uh, <laughs> that stats are driving home for you guys. Hold on. I, I got something for, some, some for you guys to play. So listen, we can say the 49ers are a more physical offense, but for a a team that has no offensive line, it's pretty funny how they have a running back that goes over 1,000 yards, two My wide point. receivers that go over or over 1,000 yards, and a quarterback that throws for 4,000 yards. My that, point, that exactly. That offense is high-powered. If they had a I'm not. I'm, line, I'm not saying they aren't. No, no, I'm not saying that you are, but what I'm saying is the only thing that you can give the 49ers is that they're a physical offense. Exactly, Other King. That, that's it. Look yeah. at the numbers. Yeah. You have to yeah. look at the numbers. The scheme is the scheme, but if the scheme can't be prevented or can't there be done, go. they're they're obsolete. Do you know what I mean? Now, yeah. The... That's my point. That's all I'm saying. Like that's all yeah. I'm saying. Sorry. Like, yeah, I, look, I, I, I understood. Yeah, I understand. Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan is, is, is a genius. I, I give him that. I, but all I'm saying is, I'm just because, like I said before, Zach, we know Zach Taylor is not better than Kyle Shanahan, but Zach Taylor is a good scheme, you know, play caller himself. 
And like I said before, when you look at those weapons that Cincinnati has, this is the most difficult offense the Rams have had to face because you can sit there and take Chase mm. away all you want. Mm. You have guys to worry about. You take San Francisco running game out of the equation. It, you I know. In terms of well, like talent, in ter- on, listen. In terms of talent, yeah. Well, on the field, yeah. Of course, like on paper, yeah. It it it, it is. You have got that? a better quarterback, and you have got better. Well, I see, but I need to see it. You know, I I still I still say the Forty Nine is just based on Kyle Shanahan, the offensive scheme. You know, on how like it, it's a very fluid offense. It's a very functional offense that pretty much works, right? Now, of course, like in the oh. playoffs, it's different. I, in the playoffs, it's different. Don't get me wrong, and the Rams did a really good job of uh, making adjustments defensively to, to you know, not allow you know the Forty Nineers to run the ball over them, right? So, you know, hey, listen, you know, we'll, we'll see tomorrow. But like I, said, um, I can see if San Francisco yeah. was averaging twenty something points to pass per game, like they they was actually scoring the postseason. Then uh, maybe we can have a conversation, or maybe y'all would have. I could see what y'all was saying about, like, I see what y'all saying about the whole Cal Shanahan system. But, like, I mean, when you look at that game, it's like, okay, they got up to a fast start against Dallas in a wild card round. They they were cold in the second half offensively. We seen Dallas almost win the game. And then we saw what happened in the divisional round. San Francisco pretty much won that game off the special teams and defense. And defense, yeah. And then you that, look at the – Yeah. That, they won in spite of Jimmy saying. Garoppolo. <laughs> yeah, look, right? I mean, look, of course, you know, but, I mean <laughs> – but we were talking about the Rams and, you know, which offense, which offense is the toughest they face. We're not talking about Green Bay and Dallas, like, you know, the 49ers playing against those two teams. You know, no, I'm just saying, I'm saying there's a mismatch. San Francisco, that's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, San, if you ask the Rams, if you ask I'm not them, saying, I'm, not, I'm not saying San Francisco's a better offense, uh, you know, than the Cincinnati Bengals. No, but you're like, saying they're a tougher they're, offense. I'm just saying the miss. I'm just saying like it's a mismatch. The Rams have struggled but prior to the NFC Championship game. They lost. Listen, they lost six games in a row to the 49ers, man. That's I mean, okay, Kyle Shanahan and the offense ran through the Rams defense. Say what happened two weeks ago? I said before they lost six games in a row. Rams made better. The Rams made adjustments. We don't need to go back two weeks. Right, and so I also got a question for you, too. The Rams were up. That last regular season game, the Rams was up. It wasn't like San Francisco blew them out. The Rams was up. Of course they didn't. Of course, yeah, but I mean, listen, Rams defense struggled in the second half to contain contain the 49ers' uh, run offense. Their running game, I mean... <laughs> they they did. That's that's a great point. They they did. They they did, but... To be fair, fair, Jimmy Garoppolo... And we got the point. Big. But in the NFC Championship game, they shut down the run. They shut down the run. Garoppolo was awful in that game. That's what I'm saying. And he was bad. But I never. But you guys think that I'm saying that the 49ers' offense is better than the Bengals? I'm not saying that. Like I think the Bengals' offense is better because of the firepower, 100. percent Because the Bengals can put up 30 easily. That's why I think it's tougher for the Rams to defend. But we'll see. Hold I on. Seen- so. A, 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 I got you, I got you, Cy. And this is why I love these conversations like this, because um, would you, would people on the panel, yes or no, would you agree that we as sports fans are creatures of the moment? Right? Yes. 100%. Yeah. I agree. Oh, okay. Yeah, right so, on. That's fair. In, hold up. Hold up. So, 
in the moment, we look at the Cincinnati Bengals team as, wow, they, they're scoring all of these. They're scoring all of this points. They have these weapons that are so effective. They are deserving of being in the Super Bowl. I am not taking that away from them at all. But I look at these games through the road to um, SoFi, and I'm starting to see a trend in the Bengals that doesn't um, have me really liking their chances to win this game in the Super Bowl. And and especially, and that goes to how you manage the game. Your game management in this game has to be crucial because if you play from behind, I already know where this is going because of what I've seen from the past two matchups. You can say that for McVay. Tennessee. Nope. Nope. You cannot. Think about it. His, 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 in the game, uh, uh, his, uh, um, clock management always has been such a I actually, actually agree with Brandon. No, I'm not saying clock management isn't the greatest either. But I get what you're saying, PJ. Carry on. If you look at the, if you look at the, um, the Titans game against the Bengals, they were, they were down, they were, I believe, down the majority of the game. But things went their way, and then all Joe Burrow had to do was go to the hot hand to help them come from behind and get the game-winning field goal. Same, and that was um, Ryan Tannehill's costly turnovers. And if you look back at the Kansas City game, they were down in that game until the second half, and that was poor execution by the Chiefs and game management by the Chiefs. And what did Joe Burrow do? go to his hot hand, Jamar Chase for the majority of the game, and then they won it off a field goal and in overtime. So nah. if you so what this what so what this tells me is if you're down a significant <laughs> amount in this game, in order for me to have any sort of chance to come back in this game, I gotta go find Jamar Chase to get me out of Dodge or get this offense out of Dodge so we can actually have a chance to win this game. And especially with the matchup with um, Jalen Ramsey and that um, defensive line and your offensive line that really hasn't really been the best offensive line this postseason, I don't like your odds. So you can tell me how, how, how flamtastic this Cincinnati offense is but all they've, all, they, but it, it looks like they've only been in panic mode just to try to win a football game. PJ, you, your team okay, in the well, AFC well, North, well, so well, I expect well, for you to have some type of dislike well, towards Cincinnati. Oh my God! It's not a. Hold on, hold on. It's not a dislike. I gotta defeat this purpose. Hold on, I gotta defeat this purpose a little bit, okay? So you're saying it's the offense that won them all those games, right? Not the defense. No. That's down on all three teams. In the fourth quarter, no. in the second half, the defense. Okay, so it's, 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 it's more than it's, it's more than it's more than their offense. The team has a never give up mentality, due to Joe Burrow being there, and believing in everybody. The defense, these those last two games, they're the reasons why they won. Okay, yeah, they may have scored the the, the field goal or the touchdown, but the defense put them in position. The defense figures it out. They've made halftime adjustments. Right. So this team mm. is scary in the sense of uh, listen, this team is scary in the maybe sense in the of, Tennessee maybe in the Tennessee game, but not the but not the Kansas City game. That was okay. just outright poor execution from Kansas City. 
So Cincinnati didn't drop. Yeah. Cincinnati didn't yeah. fight back. They defense didn't. So you didn't see that. Did you see the film? Did you see the, the adjustments they made hey, defensively guys, 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 against guys, Kansas guys. City? Guys, I saw the fourth quarter. You had three. Op- you had three ample opportunities. Because if Kansas City would have got the um, touchdown in the in the in the fourth in the red zone, we would not yeah. be talking about the Bengals in the Super Bowl. Yes or no? If 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 it's with Fitz, we'd all be drunk. Let me drop one more. Okay, so the year that the, the Kansas City won the Super Bowl, how many times were they down in the game by 10 points? All oh, yeah, yeah, let's talk. Yeah, let's talk about that. So, what, what, what are we talking about here? It's like we're acting like we haven't seen it before that a team could be down and possibly come back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah guys, man. Look, uh, look, PJ, listen, uh, uh, PJ, don't worry, I got you on this one, man. Don't worry, mate. Uh, look, uh, PJ isn't wrong. Um, listen, <laughs> let's not, no, let's not lie to ourselves. If Kansas City had scored that touchdown when they were in the red zone, right? You know, in that red zone possession, but right seconds before half time, if they scored a touchdown or possibly even kicked a field goal, <laughs> I mean, come on, let's let's not kid ourselves here. The Chiefs would be in the Super Bowl. We would be talking about the Chiefs, not the Bengals, right? Let's not kill ourselves here. But, Brandon and King, I do agree as well. In the second half, they played much better defensively and the defense won them, you know, they, well, I would say the defense got them back into the game 100%. They got them back into the game, which allowed the offense, you know, which, because, you know, they, they, got, they got a couple of turnovers, in that second half, which allowed, you know, Joe Burrow on the offense, you know, some good field position to score points and to come back, right? So the defense, you know, prevailed, right? In the second half, it was a tale of two halves. The first half, the, the Cincinnati Bengals defense didn't even show up to Arrowhead, right? In the second half, they decided to, well, towards the end of the second half, when Eli Apple made that crucial tackle to Tyreek Hill, you know, on a pretty stupid screen pass. I don't know why Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, I don't know why they uh, thought of that idea, right? You're talking you know, about the Tyreek Hill win? Yeah, the Tyreek, yeah, the screen pass. No, Tyreek Hill should have got Tyreek Hill should have went out of bounds. That's what he should have done. Yeah, he should have, yeah, he should have went out of bounds. Or like I mean, why call that play? You know? I mean, I mean it's a pretty bad play call. So um Let me yeah, let look. me ask you guys this real quick. Are are we not giving the Bengals enough credit? That's what it sounds like. I'm giving are no, we, I'm but are we? I am. Wait, let me wait, 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 wait. No, 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 wait, 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 wait. Are we? I'm. This is everybody. Saeed made a great point. Are we not giving the Bengals enough credit for that win, going into number one seed Tennessee, in a game where Derrick Henry rushed the ball for a three yard average twenty times, got in the end zone one time. The 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 Titans ran the ball for a hundred and forty yards. The Titans had almost 360 yards of total offense. They had 215 yards given up to Ryan, a.k.a. I am a quarterback, Tannehill. The Bengals only threw, Burrow only threw the ball, uh, only, Burrow threw the ball for (laughs) 348 yards, but they only ran the ball for 65 yards. And they go into hostile Tennessee this Bengal team to me is a team that's like, hey, how do you how, how do you want to play this track meet? You want to grind it? We'll grind it. We just ground it with Derrick Henry. 
and, and and the Titans in Tennessee. You want to get into a track meet? Hey, we just beat Kansas City in Kansas City. And we have a pretty good kicker yeah. who four years ago this time was 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 like, uh, you know, hey, who am I going to invite to the prom? And that's so, the thing, like, that's yeah. the thing what Biggie said. Like, Cincinnati has proven they can win games in multiple ways. A lot of teams can't, a lot of teams can't do that, John. It's 32 teams in the NFL. A lot of teams can't do that. They could, okay, you want to run the football, you want to play a low scoring defense. Cincinnati reminds yeah. me of the old seven. Uh, huh? I was going to say, Cincinnati reminds me of like, remember the two giant runs, right? Yeah, yes. you look at every game in that giant run. It was a defensive play. I think the first Super Bowl we won in 07. If y'all don't remember the NFC Championship game, where I want to say Corey Webster had that interception. Yes. Yeah, I remember. To 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 to, to go into overtime and to win the game. So, like that's what I'm saying. But like, like it's it's I like what King said. It's like sometimes is you you have opportunities where you like it because. I'll be completely out of it. That Tennessee game, Cincinnati probably shouldn't have won that game. There's no reason why Tannehill should have thrown that pass. You feel Will Range, you have an opportunity to win the game or at least go to overtime. That Tennessee game was luck. But what about McKay? McKay, what about, what about, okay, I see what you're saying, but what about when Houston was up 24 nothing against Kansas City in the divisional round? We could sit there and say Chiefs should have won that game because they damn sure shouldn't have won. New England against Atlanta 28-3. New England shouldn't have won that oh, game. There's opportunities where, like, you have a quarterback. Like, a guy like right. Tom Brady, I'm never going to bet against. But Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow's been, you know, fortunate in his defense. But that's that's the game of football. Like, sometimes you, you're yeah. lucky. Like, think about it. Kansas City, Look. like, we got to be completely honest. They were shut down in the second half. Kansas City's done this to two opponents. Where the second <laughs> half, for whatever reason, the defense always comes out to play in the second half. So if the Rams, if the Rams, listen, that's why when PJ said like if they down, like I'm not worried about them being down because Cincinnati's proved to me this whole postseason, no matter what, the second half they're gonna show up. Now if they play a complete game, oh Cincinnati's gonna win the Super Bowl easily, like easily because of that. And I trust Baltimore, and I trust Stafford. I, me too. Oh, so we'll get into that. Oh, uh, wait, guys, guys, guys. Go ahead, I was gonna guys. say. I want to say this. Why are we arguing like just like, like both things are true. Both things are true. The Chiefs, right? Listen, the, the Chiefs offense, you know, they bottled it. They choked it like literally like seconds before halftime where they should have either kicked the field goal or at least, you know, call a better play where you could score a touchdown. We're talking about the Chiefs. When, you, when the Chiefs are in the red zone, it should be, I mean, it's more than likely to be a touchdown with that offense, right? And if they had scored a touchdown like PJ said or kicked the field goal, I had to take with PJ. We would be talking about the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, right? And another thing that's true is that the second half, the Bengals' defense, right, won them the game, okay? Won them the game. The Bengals' defense shut the Chiefs' offense down, like Kayson said, just a second ago. Second half, seven half both, adjust, adjustments, both, that's what it is. But wait oh, a minute. What about oh, no. Saeed? Saeed? I got a question for you. But wait What's a minute. We keep to- no, but we keep talking about oh well, um, Kansas City should have won. They uh, well, they, they should have done this. But wait a minute. What? But I remember when I said when Buffalo scored when it was thirteen seconds left, people said, "Oh well, can't you left too much time on the clock?" But it's like it's like that's what I'm saying. It's like you can't have it both ways. You know what I'm saying? Like 
Cincinnati, I get what y'all are saying because when Kansas City this was not they, a like I said, they had the lead. Huh? No, not bro. It's not a both ways conversation. This isn't a both ways conversation. All I'm all no, it I'm is a both ways because y'all saying when but when when, when when there was 13 seconds left, people were saying, "Oh well, Kansas City won because you left them too much time on the clock. You really should have left that too much time, 13 seconds." But then people were saying, "Oh well, Cincinnati was lucky because Kansas City didn't do this. They didn't do that. Cincinnati made his second half adjustments. Y'all saying it was like Saeed said it was a bad play call. That wasn't a bad play call. Tariq went out of bounds when he kept trying to be cute." So they they left points on this the board. Is, Cincinnati made it. Who was a bad play call? There was two defensive backs literally like lining up against Tyreek Hill. Like, oh God. All one of them was the balance, Saeed. They would have had time left to kick a field goal. Of course, he rolled. There was two defensive backs. Okay. All right. The play call was bad, and Tyreek Hill should have ran out of bounds. I agree. I, both things, you know, can be true. The play call should have been better. And Tyreek Hill, when he had the ball, should have ran out of bounds. Look, man, Cincinnati won that game, man. Fan square. I know Cincinnati. Listen, I'm saying if, if I'm, I'm playing, I'm playing devils. Listen, I'm playing devils advocate here. I'm saying the Chiefs, in part, lost the game, but also the Cincinnati Bengals won the game. It's a tale of two halves. It's a tale of two halves, right? So you know, and you know, know the Chiefs had their opportunity to. The Chiefs had the opportunity at the end of the day. The Chiefs had the opportunity to pretty much. End the game at half time and pretty much make it a free touchdown game, right? You know, literally free possession game against the Bengals going into half time, where pretty much like the Bengals have a lot to catch up, right? They're gonna play a lot of catch up. Whereas, you know, because because the Chiefs' offense didn't, you know, score points either a field goal or a touchdown, you know, there were doubt. Therefore, the Bengals, luckily, you know, luckily, thankfully, you know. They were down by 11, which then allowed, like King said, right, and you, Brandon, where the Bengals allowed to make defensive adjustments, you know, and that allowed them to believe going into halftime. Listen, we're only down by 11. A touchdown would, you know, put us within reach. We're four Mahomes was seeing goals in the second half because of the adjustments that no, no. he made. Mahomes was seeing yes, goals in the saying. second half. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Listen, I said this on cover zero. I don't guys, I know you guys didn't really listen to that, but like, I said it. Was, I said well. PJ said it as well, and I said it as well, because the Bengals made that key defensive stop. Of course, Eli Apple making a really good tackle on on Tyreek Hill when he should have gone out of bounds. Brandon, like you said, right? Um, you know that gave the Bengals belief going into half time. They were down by eleven. By that, down by eleven when, when truly they should have been down by eighteen. You know, but you know what? Cincinnati, half, Cincinnati right? remind me of the twenty nineteen right? Chiefs, the Chiefs team that won the Super Bowl because. They were down, it seemed like, every game. They found a way to come back. Opportunistic defense. Cincinnati doesn't have a dominant defense. We know that. But one thing I do like about their defense, they're confident. They can get pressure. And they're opportunistic defense. Same thing with Kansas City in 2019. But then they also got the offense to just score like this. They got a quarterback. They got the weapons. They're dangerous. And I'm not saying y'all not saying they're not dangerous. But I like their chances, man, just as much as I like the Rams' chances to win this game. Because I'm like, if, if I we're talking about, is... I, I like Burrow under pressure. I do. I really do. My yeah, man, don't fall. I you think all postseason. Yeah, yeah. I think this is this is all about the the Bengals' mo. This whole um, playoff, um, this this their whole playoff journey is about their mo. They know that they have a, a clutch kicker that can keep them in game. A clutch kicker that can keep them in games. A confident defense. I do agree with what Biggie said. 
Um, it's all about how you want this race to go. We can we can make this a sprint. We can make this uh, we can make this a, a steady marathon. But we gonna stay in it. And I'm not just I'm not disagreeing with what nobody's saying. But I think one key de facto point that um, people are missing about the Bengals. They've always had things that went their way, which helped them um, take advantage um, of the game and in, um, in the route to winning it. If things don't yeah, go their way, if things don't go their way, they're in deep trouble. And I don't think with that offense that they have, that they're going that the Bengals um, um, defense, that offense with Cooper Cup, um, Odell Beckham. Um, a young Van Jefferson, uh, Matthew Stafford. It's it's not going to be easy for them um, in a in a full four quarters. And um, with um, with like I said, with the connection with Burrow and and um, and Chase, that um, connection can um, can can get as hot as it can before it goes cold. And I have a feeling it could get cold. Um, in a very big moment, which, which what about them other weapons? Their first... uh, about that, a hey, uh, hey, big, you there? No, nah, biggie, biggie stepped away for a minute. He'll be back. He'll be back. Yeah. Okay, uh, well, I, I remember. Want, I, want I, interject a I remember. Connection, connection, connection. You, you got to move to another angle. You sound like Robocop. Chill, chill, chill. Okay, try again now. It's my headphones. It's my headphones. I'm sorry. Well, I, I, I remember Biggie asked me a question about um, Jalen Ramsey and um, how he would um, – what would his assignment be in the NFC Championship game? And I think Jalen Ramsey is the type of person who's a lover of the assignment. I don't think we'll see with this being the Super Bowl. I don't think we'll see Jalen Ramsey just cover one receiver. I think we'll see Jalen Ramsey um, take the challenge at in certain situations of being on Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, and T. Higgins because he does not want those guys to have a lick of success in this Uh, or any impact in this football game, which makes it difficult. For Burrow to have to yeah. do what he wants to do in order for the Bengals to win. PJ, I want to say. Oh my God, these damn Nicks! Love. Well, let me mute my oh, stuff. He said, "These said those damn Nicks." <laughs> well, PJ, I want to say this with the most love. Brandon killing me with the Nicks, man. <laughs> man, I'm forget sorry, the Nicks, man. This is Super Bowl. Forget the Nicks. I'm all over them. I'm over them. We can get to them. We can get to them in February after this. Yeah, 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 yeah. But PJ, I want to say this with the most love in my heart, man. I love you, man. I love all y'all. But PJ, there's no way Ramsey gonna cover all of them. Like who, wherever Ramsey is, trust and believe Joe Burrow is gonna go to the opposite side. If he's on, if he's on Higgins, he's gonna go to Chase because nobody on that roster besides Ramsey is gonna stick Chase. Chase is gonna torture them if anybody else is on them. And that's the beauty of the Bengals. It's not just Chase. Like everybody is like all our hair is all week is. Oh, Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase. But y'all remember, Tyler Boyd is no – he's a stud. T. Higgins is a stud. Their tight end is a stud. Mixon can catch. P. Ryan can catch. 
So it's not just one guy. And it's like Ramsey, uh, yeah, I know you move Ramsey all over the field, but wherever Ramsey is, they're going to attack the other side. Man, that's just basic football. Like, wherever you put them, if you put them in the slot, they're going to go outside. You put them in, on the outside, they're going to go to the slot. And then they have a tight end. Yeah, if you got time to attack that side. I mean, yeah. look. Oh. All right, go ahead, King. Go ahead, make it. I was going to say, I was going to say, PJ, when you say things have to go right, I think that goes for every single football team. So let's not put that title on just the I'm Bengals. just talking about because this. Guess I'm, what? Talking about, for, I'm just talking about in, in these playoff games, they've had things go their way, which has ultimately helped them um, 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 have momentum to win football games. You've seen okay, that in the... Kansas City two years ago had to have everything go We're their way. We're not talking about Kansas City two years ago. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, PJ, now. let me make my point. No, no, PJ, let me make my point. Kansas City two years ago, everything had to go their way. Last year for the Bucks, everything had to go their way. Every single Super Bowl that you can think of, things had to go every good way for a certain team to win. This isn't just predominantly stuck with just the Bengals. This is football. Sunday, one game to win it all. Things happen. Okay, the Rams got cheated. Oh no, no, no the Rams. Um, was it the Rams? Yeah, it was no, it was the the Saints a few years ago. The 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 pass difference that was never called. That didn't go their way. If that went their way, they would have beat the Rams. The same time the Rams went and played the, the Patriots, if Jared Colt had thrown one, two passes to the defense and got to Tom Brady at a certain time, they would have won the game. It's just the way football is based. So to use that point, I think it's unfair because, you know, I mean, there's a lot of teams that are underdogs, and I feel like the Bengals are just one of them. But at the same time, the amount of pressure that's on the Rams, on Sean McVay, to actually win this one, way more than it is on the Bengals. Way more. The Bengals, even though they might not make it back again, you have to think about the pressure that's sitting on Sean McVay right now. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, King, I, I agree with you, man. Um, yeah, PJ, look, listen, uh, I agree with King, man. Every team have had uh, has had some form of luck getting to these playoffs. Uh, look, um, it, it's just what it is. Look, it's a playoff elimination game. One, it's it's win or go home type situation. Everything has to go your way. There's going to be some elements of luck, okay? And, of course, the Bengals have had luck. 100% PJ, agree with you. Every team has had luck. It's just, you know, it's how you use that luck to your advantage. The Bengals, well done. They've, they've used it to their advantage. The, I'd say the biggest luck of them all, PJ, and I think we both agree, <laughs> and we covered this on Cover Zero um, after the uh, championship game, it's the AFC championship game when, you know, that, you know, literally that, that red zone drive that we spoke about like minutes ago, and even on Cover Zero, when you know Patrick Mahomes, you know, <laughs> you know, throws that you know, screen pass to Tyree Kill, and Tyree Kill, you know, gets tackled by Eli Apple when he should have gone out of bounds, or you know, at least Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes should have, you know, came up with a, a, little, a much better play in it to, to go get the touchdown. Because otherwise, if they had scored the touchdown, PJ, we both agree, and I think everyone should agree on this panel. You know, we'll be talking about the Chiefs instead of the Bengals, right? So, of course, that's an element of luck. And, of course, they used that to their advantage going into halftime where they made defensive adjustments, you know, um, 
knowing that they're only 11 points behind. If they can get a, a turnover, put the offense in good field position, which they did, you know, um, that allowed Joe Burrow on the offense to, you know, get that touchdown and, and cut the deficit to four points, you know, and then it's ball game, right? So, of course, there's an element of luck, right, involved in these players. So, every team, right? So, um, you know, I guess we'll, we'll see who, who gets um, who gets lucky, who gets some luck, and I guess who uses it to their advantage, right? Unless, you know, unless, you know, we see one of these teams just, you know, come out from the get-go and just blow, you know, one of each other out, right? So, but uh, no, I agree with King there, you know. Every team has had some element of luck, and, you know, you brought some really good examples as well of previous playoff games. So, uh, you know... Um, and- well, I'm, no, I'm, I'm saying one, but I'm not saying PJ. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm just saying like you're you're just phrasing it like as if the Bengals are like the only team that's had luck. No. Maybe you might want to. Maybe you want you. Maybe you might want to correct that. PJ might say that every team has had luck, of course. But and I'll give you the opportunity to. But um, yeah, like yeah, I'm with King on this one slightly, man. Every team has had their luck, but I'll, I'll defer to you if you got anything to to say about that. PJ. No, and I'm, and I'm not disagreeing with with what with what King said. I I that that statement, um, is true with regarding to every team in the NFL. But this, I'm not talking about every team in the NFL because every team in the NFL is not in the Super Bowl. There's two teams in the Super Bowl, and the Bengals, from what I've seen, this there throughout this journey in the AFC in the AFC playoffs race they've they've been um they've been the, they've they've been the one team that has had things go their way for um which helped them catapult to winning a football game them right here 2021 2022 the year of our lord i'm talking about the Bengals that they have had stuff go their way and and that's what they have to and I, what needs for them to happen in order for them to win this football game? They need things to go their way, and they need to be in. They need to have like a close um proximity of the lead if they're down, for order to them to either come back or um find a way to um, win this football game. Because if stuff don't go their way, I don't like their chances, and that's not hate. That's just from what I've seen. Maybe no, not. Listen. Maybe maybe not though. Maybe not. Um, PJ. Maybe maybe yeah. maybe the Bengals might come out and play lights out. All right. We don't know that. Of course, we'll have to wait and see tomorrow. All I'm saying, right, is that I think. Listen, look. Um, look. The Bengals. The Bengals are in the Super Bowl, and majority. I think they're in the they're in the Super Bowl because of their defense. Because their defense. You know, has you know, took them there. Their offense has not been great in these playoffs. Let's, let's listen. We can all agree their offense has not been like lights out great, like it was in the regular season, right? Okay. The offense wasn't good so, against Kansas City. What the the Bengals? The in the second half. The second, uh, no, not really. Nah. It was the defense. The t- the turnovers were key, and the stops were very key, right? Short, who scored the points? Stuff like that. Who got in the end? But the, was but once who got whoa. in the end zone? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Listen, to me. The defense, right? The defense won the won them the game. Brandon, come on, mate. We can both. Yeah, but what that. I'm we saying, have... no, defense made the adjustments. But what I'm saying is, like, their offense, defense I made plays. Was good against, 
No, let, let me talk. The office is yeah, pretty the good. Yeah, the office is good, of course. But the defense no, the made office them, is pretty good against the Raiders. Them. Look, listen. The office is pretty good against the Raiders. Tennessee, that was a defensive game. Kansas City, they got off to a slow start in the first half, but then in the second half, yeah, the defense made the adjustments, but the offense still had to score the points, Saeed. Listen, listen <laughs> of course the offense had to score points. No, no, and but... Actually, what I will say, what I will say, what I will say this, right, the Raiders game, of course, that, that was, the, the offense played, their, that was their best game in the playoffs, but it wasn't largely down. It was largely down to the offense. Remember, the Raiders had an opportunity to win that game on the final drive. Defense made a big play, and the defense made a big play throughout that game against the Raiders. Let's not forget about that, right? Titans game, like you said, Brandon, that was a defensive performance. The Chiefs game, that was largely in the second half. The second half was largely a defensive performance more than an offense performance. That was a defensive performance for the Bengals, right? Because Bengals made defensive adjustments, uh, a couple of turnovers, especially that very important turnover in overtime, you know, that allowed, you know, Joe Burrow and, and, and the Cincinnati Bengals to, you know, you know, put them in good field position, you know, to try and get at least one first down so they can go kick the field, game-winning field goal in o- overtime, right? Their defense, the reason why the Bengals are here, and I'm going to, listen, I agree with PJ. They're in the Super Bowl because they, listen, because they were fortunate with, with the Chiefs, you know, pretty much, you oh know, like, God, no. 100%. No, listen, guys. No, but she, no, no, listen. I'm saying, listen. <laughs> listen, the Chiefs helped the Bengals slightly with with a bad, bad play from Tyreek Hill and a pretty bizarre play call with that screen pass. Let's be honest. Listen, even listen, I, guys. I, I don't know who said this. I don't remember who said this, but some like I think one of the Chiefs players might have said this, right? And I think I mean I think it might be Travis Kelsey. He said I think he said like we, you know we got too cocky, you know, in that first half, right? At the end of that first half, that play call we got a bit too cocky. Thought we you know thought we you know we won the game and all that stuff. You know they were complacent. He admitted that they showed complacency in that game in that first half. If only they didn't show the complacency and actually played with a little bit more respect, you know, and actually, you know, uh, put together a much better play, you know, in the red zone where that where allowed the Chiefs to score points. Wouldn't be talking about the Bengals in the Super Bowl. Seriously, guys, listen. Bengals were fortunate, okay, all right, but also the Bengals defense played well. The Bengals deserve credit. They, I'm not taking any credit away from the Bengals. I just said they are in the Super Bowl because of, because look, they had an element of luck, which they uh, used it as their advantage. They took it literally. They, they took that element of luck and used it to an advantage. You know, but what and, I'm saying you know, is, made, uh, I made better, and listen, so, I made better oh adjustments and their defense balled out. Come on. So you, so, 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 say, so, so, so you're saying that both, both things can be true. Fortunate. Both things they're can be true. Well, here's the thing, though. I'd like to say that, like... Fortunate well and the fillers, with their defense. The but Bengals, that doesn't mean that the Bengals, Bengals can't win the Super Bowl. I think the Bengals... I mean, the Bengals have a good shot of winning the Super Bowl. You know? Like, teams got lucky. Like you said, you guys talked about the Giants run, you know, and it reminds you of the Bengals run. Listen, if the Bengals go out and win, you know, we're not saying that the Bengals don't deserve the Super Bowl. If the Bengals win the Super Bowl, they deserve the Super Bowl. Right, it's the playoffs. It's a what? Listen, it's not the NBA. You know, it's it's literally a win or go home. 
situation in every playoff that's been game. Every playoff, you know? though, like for the to say the Bengals are fortunate. That's been every Super. Thank game. you. Hey, think about it. I'm not saying they. I'm not saying they. I'm not saying they entirely fortunate. I'm not saying they entirely fortunate. I'm saying they've made plays. They've made great defensive plays. You know, to be here, their defense stepped up when it mattered most, and that and that pretty much is what you need in these playoffs to put yourself in a position to play in the Super Bowl. And that's what the Bengals. The Bengals deserve huge amount of credit. But you guys are bashing PJ's point. I'm I'm just saying I respect his point, and I can see where he's coming from. There ha- there has been an element of luck from no, the only reason you know why like he's bashing that, that, PJ's point is because he's a Steelers fan and it's a lot of boxing. Well, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> so Steelers we just, fan, we just of course. We, we pulling uh, of course. His, we pulling his no, no. I, listen, I, I'm not bashing his point. What I'm trying to say is, tell me a playoff run for any Super Bowl not winning any Super Bowl team. That didn't have an element of luck in it. Don't worry. Even the Patriots, and that includes maybe the and that includes maybe the the seventeen and old Dolphins back in the seventies. That every team has some type of. I mean, come on. Every team. So why are we putting this label just on the on the Bengals saying, well, they had to get lucky about this, lucky about that? Yeah, okay. Tom Brady had to get lucky in that twenty to three in the Super Bowl, and it's part of the game. It happens all the time. Right. Tom Brady throws her 500 yards. They put up 41 points. The the, the Eagles beat them 40, 44, 41. Yeah. <laughs> like, look, you know what I mean? The, the Philly special. Look, like, look, I just don't guys, like putting luck on one team when we guys, know that guys, it is a really, game. You don't get my point, all man. Luck. Dude, Dude, no, I I said that defense. I, did you guys think I'm not giving the you, you guys wait? You guys think I'm not giving the Bengals credit? I'm not talking about the Bengals. I'm talking about football in general. Tell me a playoff series, a playoff run. That of course, if, to a if, Super I just agree. Just hold on, Saeed, Let me finish because I let you talk the whole time, right? Tell me a playoff team that made a run in the playoffs that didn't have any luck or the ball bounced their way. Oh, look, I mean, look, every team <laughs> has luck. Of course, every team exactly. has right. luck. That's right. what I'm no, no, no. Right. That's every team has luck. Point is invalid. Did I just, I just agree with you minutes ago on that part? No, it's okay, not. But you're not. Listen, I, you, I did agree with you on that part. You clearly <laughs> did not listen. Listen, I'm just saying, right? Yeah, look, we're talking about the Chiefs game. This whole conversation started from when we talked about the AFC Championship game with the Bengals. And that, listen, by the way, yeah, they were very fortunate that the Chiefs, you know, that Tyreek Hill, you know, didn't run out of bounds. Let's be honest. Yes. Be, uh, no, that's but listen, that's what I'm trying to tell you. you disagree with me. You just say yes. You're fortunate. No, no, of I'm, course. Not, I'm not denying. I'm but not, I'm not denying that point. But I'm not, but listen, that, that, that does not mean I'm not giving credit to the Bengals. I have. I've given, I'm giving them huge credit. You know, their defense played, they bored out when it mattered most. But Saeed, why give them... What I'm saying is, give them credit. If you're going to give them credit, give them credit. Right. Give them credit without saying, or if it wasn't for that. It's like... like, What do you mean it wasn't for that, man? Listen, listen, of course, listen, we're talking about, we're just, we're just, all of us are in this panel analyzing the game from both sides. We're talking, like, we're talking great things about teams. We're also talking about, you know, areas, you know, in which where, of course, they were fortunate. And that's what I'm doing with the Bengals, right? They've had, listen, they've balled out. You know, they deserve to be in the Super Bowl, right? But there's also some elements where 
things have gone their way and and look, fair play. What about the and, Rams? And well, look, Rams as well. All these teams, <laughs> every single team that's that's gone to the Super Bowl, you know, over the you know, <laughs> like they've had some elements of luck. I'm not saying that. Listen, I'm, I'm guys. Look, listen. I'm not saying the bang, I'm not saying that the Bengals are lucky, completely lucky to be here. No, I'm just saying that you know every single playoff run has luck. You got to be fortunate. Oh yeah, good, be, good and bad. Right? Good, good and bad. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm just saying when you said the defense side, I'm hundred percent with you. But then when you keep saying fortunate, it's just like, well, you know, the Rams are fortunate, the 49ers are fortunate. Yes. Uh, of uh, uh, course. The Titans were fortunate. Like all 100%. these teams over these years were fortunate. Let's not let's take the fortunate out of it and just say the Bengals defense. But what's wrong with me saying it's fortunate? That's just like that's there's no problem to say it. Because it applies to every team. It applies to every team. But guys, 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 Kason, Kason started the show, right? <laughs> phase one, let me read the title. Phase one, Super Bowl 56, tell to the title breakdown. Part two in a three-part series, the Bengals. What are we, who are we, who are we talking about? We're talking about the Bengals. Now, I wasn't in the show when you guys talked about the Rams, okay? If I was in that show, I would have said the same thing. Oh, the Rams had some, they were fortunate, you know, <laughs> they were fortunate in some areas. I would have said the right. exact same thing, right? Okay, right. I know I wasn't in that Rams show, but listen, with the Bengals, listen, I'm giving them credit, right? They deserve to be here, you know, like they deserve all the props in the world. You know, this this was a team that won four games last year, and they're in the Super Bowl, right? Listen, right? You know, I'm not going to like suddenly just say, yeah, they're all lucky, they're this and that, completely lucky. Right. No, they've had, you know, they've had things go their way, just like every team that's gone to the Super Bowl. You know, win or lose the Super Bowl, every team has had sure. some, you know, some luck, you know, on their way. You know what I'm saying? So, um, that's what I was saying. But, you know, you guys must have, so, like, you know, so, read me wrong. So, so I, I think I'm, I'm I think I'm leaning in the right way. And I think it's actually just I, I think it's just an expression that you use. And I'm I'm, I'm totally vibing with you mm. on that. But on the game, let me ask you guys this question. We all know Jalen Ramsey's, you know, the best corner in the league. And we all know that the Rams have a defensive front that could put an ungodly amount of pressure on a quarterback. But with that being said on the Rams defensive side of things, which defense do you think has a harder matchup in this game? Is it the Rams defense with the three really good wide receivers, one of them rookie of the year, a legitimate pro bowl at running back, a legitimate pro bowler and arguably MVP down the road in Joe Burrow? Or do you think that the Bengals defense has a much harder time matching up against the three amigos with Cup, with Jefferson, who's a little bit hot and cold, mm-hmm. OBJ? Which, which defense do you think just – fuck it. Which secondary is going to have a harder <laughs> time in this game, the Rams or the Bengals? I'm gonna let somebody answer for I, me personally. Like I said, I just think the, uh, Cincinnati's gonna have a. I mean, the Rams are gonna have a harder time defending Cincinnati's offense and vice versa. Like I know 
okay, yeah, Rams defense, you know, obviously I think it's better, but Cincinnati is an opportunistic defense. I actually think their defense has been under the radar, to be quite honest with you, because the offense gets all the headlines. Like, same sure. thing with Kansas City. But, um, you know, I just think Cincinnati's weapons, I mean, those three receivers, man, like all of those guys can beat you in so many different ways. It's not just speed. Like, they can beat you on the short chains. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they can beat you. The thing that scares me with the Rams offensively is they're not, they're not really that good running the football. They're really not. They really don't want to run. I'm not going to say they don't want to run the football, but that's not really their – that's not where their bread and butter is at. Their bread and butter is offensively. I mean, not over. I'm sorry, passing, passing. That's the passing game is their bread and butter. It's not really so much running the ball. With Tyler Higby being out, that hurts. And then, like I said, that that really hurts. And Van Jefferson is hot and cold. So we know what Odell's been doing, you know what I mean, these past several games, and we know what Cup stands for. But if I have like if I'm looking at the Rams offense, I'm really looking at it like I I probably really only trust trust two guys in the passing game. And that's Cup and Odell. But with Cincinnati, especially if Ozama plays, and let's say he don't play. You got Chase Higgins and Boy, and you still got to worry about mixing out the backfield. You don't really got to worry about a Rams running back out the backfield, killing you in the backfield, coming out the back. You know what I mean? In terms of catching the ball. Sometimes they line mixing out wide. They do a right. whole bunch of stuff offensively. So me personally, I would be more no, more nervous uh, of Cincinnati's offense because of the weapons. Now, the Rams have the better O-line, but those weapons, all Burrow needs is a little bit of time, y'all. That's it. And I, I just think that it's, it's going to be hard to cover them receivers for for an extended hey, amount of time period. I just think with the Rams, even, it's like it's not even okay. It's it's all them receivers can make plays after the catch. You That's what I'm saying. All of them can. Mixon can, Higgins can, Boyd, and y'all see what Chase doing on a weekly basis. That's the dangerous part about Cincinnati. Burrow, everybody's saying Burrow pressure, pressure, pressure. If they make a catch. All they got to do is make one and then mix. Mix is already a running back, so that's what he that's, that's his mo. That's what he does in the backfield. Now you put him out wide, and then you got you could put P Ryan. So it's like there's too many weapons. Where like Brandon said, all you got to worry about is Odell and Cooper Cup. That's it. So Odell's my guy. You know he a giant giant for like that's like that's not too much to worry about. And then Cam Akers is coming off a ACL injury, like. He's just getting the form. There's no telling that he'll be a And Higby not playing. And then you don't got Higby. And then the Stafford, too. Like, I mean, since I ain't going to, like, I'll let somebody else play double advocate for Cincinnati defense. I mean, Cincinnati defense ain't, I ain't going to sit here and say it's the greatest defense. It's the it's the Bears, the, 80, the 80s Bears out here. But, you know, they're going to have their hands filled, too. But it's just, but yeah, too much, too much offensive on Cincinnati. Guys. Look, guys, um, Look, Bengals defense. You know, we just we just finished speaking about how real this Bengals defense has been in the playoffs, and we spoke about how. Listen, they did. They came up big when they had to. Of course, in that first half against the Chiefs game, they, they weren't even at our arrowhead. That that Bengals defense. They decided to show up after halftime. Why'd you watch? Seconds before halftime, you know, and then pretty much just you know came out and pretty much just showed a different version of themselves. So I wouldn't underestimate their defense as a whole, especially their secondary where, you know, they've really played very well. Um, you know, let's not forget that safety duo between Von Bell and Jesse Bates, you know, and then Mike Hilton and uh, Arunzi as well, those two cornerbacks. You know, their, their secondary, you know, is is, is pretty good. Uh, their run defense is pretty good as well. 
So let's not sleep on that Bengals uh on that Bengals D. Um, you know, not listen, the Rams offense is 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 pretty much star studded. You know, Cooper Cup, offensive player of the year, of course, well deserved. And then you got OBJ, who yes, has a talent to be the number one wide receiver, even though he's not, you know, and he's come up big, you know, ever since he's joined the Rams. And I'm happy that, you know, he's in the Super Bowl after what's happened in Cleveland. So, uh, you know, major props to OBJ. Um, look, listen, at the end of the day, right, you know, it's going to be an interesting matchup. I, um, I've, I've, you know, people could talk about this matchup could be won or lost by the, uh, by, by the line of scrimmage, right? But also, I think that could be, I think the, this one could be won or lost by, you know, the Rams offense versus the Bengals uh, defense. So, uh, Saeed, that's a good point because the Bengals finished the league top five in overall defense. And in the three playoff games, they're the top scoring defense in the NFL through mm-hmm. the playoffs, right? They have a nice edge pass rusher, the young guy who had like 14 and a half sacks this year. They have another nice defensive end on the other side. I don't have the depth chart in front of me, so forgive me. Um, Eli Apple, I mean, is he going to be apple pie or is he going to be baked apple? I don't I don't know. I, I'm more inclined to think he's going to be toasted. You might as well bring I some I can't stand smoke. him. He killed this one oh, with the Giants. It's so it's so crazy it, it's so crazy and that that's going to be an interesting matchup in this game because you know Cooper's getting doubled. If you don't have to worry about the tight end too much, then they're going to at least try and zone or man over the top on OBJ. This 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 has to almost be one of those games where I'm like I'm 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 telling the Rams like listen, I will give you the run all day. Run the ball. Yeah. Because here's another thing about this Ram. Here's another thing about this Bengals defense. Pardon me. This Bengal defense gives up yards, but they don't give up points. Mm-hmm. Lowest. Yep. They don't give up points. They give up a lot of yards, but they don't give up points. And I think you'll see the Rams try and force that run tomorrow. Cause I think the Bengals are going to be like, listen, run the ball, but we're going to do everything not to let you pass it on us. Yeah. Opportunistic defense. Ben, but right. don't break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so very aggressive uh, defense. So uh, mm-hmm. to, to answer the question, I'm going to go say that I'm confident in the Rams secondary. And and here's why. When I look at the wide, when I look at the receiving core, just the receiving core of both teams, with the Bengals, they're a young receiving core with a young thriving quarterback. They're going to try to get it the ball down the field for the touchdown with ease, which we know they're capable of doing. But with the Rams, they're I think they're more methodical. They're gonna they're going to be kind of surgical with you guys. They're gonna take it nice and slow. Kind of like a serial killer type vibe. They 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 they, they want to kill you, but they're gonna kill you very slowly so you can enjoy the pain. Um, and with Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham, despite not having um, Tyler Higby, which is quite a loss to, um, to bear, I'm confident in those two because with Matthew Stafford, he is going to want to shred you um, and, and kill you nice and slow not, and play the long game in a sense. 
Uh, we know we know the Bengals offense with with Burrow and those boys. They're going to try to um, get points on the board as quick as possible by threading the ball down the field. But I think um, from a passing standpoint, I think the um, the Rams receivers are going to make it more surgical, more more um, more of a long game sense. The the fact of the matter is, I'm confident in the um the the, the Bengals secondary, but can they last um four quarters against two very very tough wide receivers to guard um and to endure against in OBJ and um Cooper Cup and if and if that's the question, no, no they can't, not at all. Cooper Cup got Offensive Player of the Year for a reason because he's that dude. You can double him all you want, but he is. But if he gets his opportunity, he gonna strike, and you gonna feel it, and it's not gonna P- be pretty. PJ, that's if a great point. PJ, I'm sorry to cut you off, but that's a great point because there was no wide receiver in the NFL that had more yards of separation. Not yak yards. There was no receiver in the NFL that had more yards of separation from the DB to when the receiver caught the pass. Cup was the most open receiver in football by a metric this year by far. So you're right. Double teaming sometimes doesn't even help. And yeah, I, and, yeah great. Um, but just to, just to finish, um, I just think that it's it's going to be a – a tougher, more enduring assignment for um, the Bengals' um, um, secondary to have to um, to do when it comes to those two guys on the field, and it, it, I don't think it's going to be easy for them um, when it comes to the um, whole game overall. Yeah, I technically didn't really answer. Um, I was just saying, don't sleep on the Bengals' D. Um, slight, slight edge. And listen, I think both defenses will will, will come out and, and play their best game. It's the Super Bowl, really. You know, it's where the defenses shine, pretty much. You know, it's where they come to play their best best game, right? So, I expect both defenses to turn up. But if I have to give a slight edge, um, look, I, I agree with I, I agree with PJ. But I'm saying this because of the defensive front, that front seven. Which you know is led by Aaron Donald, and and then obviously you got Von Miller and Leonard Floyd, those those three headed monster in that defensive line. I I expect you know to 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 really be aggressive, you know, really come come after Joe Burrow, you know. Um, and you talk about the secondary too. Um, uh, to, uh, you talk about the secondary too, PJ. Um, yeah, look, I expect Jalen Ramsey to. I I actually agree with what PJ said earlier. Um, with you know Jalen Ramsey. You know, he might go different assignments depending on certain downs. But also at the same time, you know, Joe, but I, I don't expect the Bengals passing offense to be a problem. Um, if if Jalen Ramsey's gonna be assigned to different <laughs> receivers, because you know, I mean it allows Joe Burrow to kind of, you know, uh, you know, kind of look at different targets from time to time. I'm just more worried about does Joe Burrow have enough time to throw the football because the offensive line for the Bengals is like it's it's just so atrocious and um you know and uh, yeah does he have time to throw the football because if he doesn't yeah let's not forget I mean look listen last year's Super Bowl although Patrick Mahomes had a backup yeah he did play with mostly backups uh, in that offensive line 
you know, he was, you know, he was sacked a lot. He was facing a lot of heat. And I know this is the Bengals starting O line, but it ain't a good starting off starting offensive line. So you're you're um, right, Seth. You're right. I, I think you're I listen. I, I think the I think the Bengals. I think listen. I think the Rams D line. I think this is the game for them. I think this is where they're really going to attack. Um, you know, Joe Burrow. You know, but I'm not sleeping on the Bengals D too. I think both defenses will will ball out. You know, um, but you can make a case for both. Um, and you know, you brought up some good points, um, Biggie, and likewise yourself, PJ, and you know. But yeah, I'm just like, I'm just going. I'm going to play devil's advocate here, man. You can make a case for both defenses. I think they'll both turn up. But but I'll be very wary of that Bengals offensive line. Um, like we've all like we all have been in these playoffs and pretty much the entire regular season. But yeah, <laughs> uh, go on. Let me, let me ask you guys this question: Do 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 we all look at this game? The same way, I mean, we're not going to make our predictions till tomorrow, but for who's ever not going to be on the show, make those predictions tonight, like Kason said. But but here's my question. We all generally have a feel for who everybody in the panel is kind of going for tomorrow. But do you see the way you feel about who's going to win and lose this game right now? Would it be any different for you if we just switched quarterbacks? If Stafford was on the Bengals and Burrow was on the Rams, does that change? Does that change anybody's opinion? It doesn't change mine. Like no, I, I'm, I'm still right. I'm still looking at this as a as a tough coin toss game. Does does it change anybody's mind? No, it doesn't change my mind. You know, it doesn't change my mind. Uh, you know, although to be fair, Matt, you know, there, there are two different quarterbacks. Of course, obviously, Joe Burrow's a you know great distributor with the football. You know he's very good at you know really you know he's 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 a very he's very you know, his awareness is great, um you know that's why you know he's been able to uh you know take sacks you know and pretty much like you know be very quick with his decisions of course but that's largely due to very bad offensive line play but also Matthew Stafford as well because he because let's not forget he came from Detroit and Detroit <laughs> had some very bad offensive lines and Matthew Stafford's you know got some great you know not bad pocket awareness you know which you know definitely has gotten better um uh, but uh listen I think Matthew Stafford's you know more talented you know arm talent wise you know he can sling that football probably 55, 60 plus yards down the field to an open man, maybe more than Joe Burrow, even though he's got a, uh, you know, a fairly decent arm. I wouldn't say it's, you know, not top five, certainly, but maybe in the slightly just in the top 10. But overall, but, but overall like, you know, at the end of the day, I, I think, you know, it doesn't change my, um, doesn't change my thinking in this, in this matchup because I, I still think, you know, um, I it won't I won't it's not like the NFC championship game where you know with the Rams and 49ers where it'll come down to the quarterbacks because you know it, because I knew it was gonna come down to Jimmy Garoppolo and if he could could get the 49ers to to victory, right? And he didn't. This I think this Super Bowl will probably come down to, you know, defense. Um and uh, pretty much which defense can make more more stops and probably make create more turnovers. Right. More so than the quarterbacks for me. Right. But there are, Kaysan, there are two different quarterbacks. Kason, mm-hmm. let, let me get your opinion on this. So w- when w- when the games ended two weeks ago, um, this game opened up at a three-and-a-half point spread. Bengals getting three-and-a-half. 
Now, now Bengals are getting four over unders 48 and a half right now. It opened up at 49 and a half. Uh, 58% of the bets are going with the Rams minus 42% are going with the Bengals. Plus you're our resident, uh, you're our resident, AKA bookie monster. Any of these numbers, any of these numbers, can you gleam anything into these numbers for this game? Uh, let me actually pull up one of my favorite sites to see how the numbers changed. Uh, let's see, Super Bowl. Duh, 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 duh. Okay, so the numbers actually changed a little bit. Like you said, it's 48 and a half over. Uh, yeah, I can see the over for the total. I would definitely go over the 48 and a half because both teams can score. Money line. I'm not really going to get into the money line because that's going to give away my prediction. <laughs> <laughs> and then the spread. The spread is pretty close, but plus four is usually a good number. Anytime it's a half a point, you know, I mean, somebody's leaning towards another team, towards the towards the underdog. So I give a brief, 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 brief for those who don't really bet. So. Plus four is usually the underdog. Minus four is usually the favorite. Right now, we know the Rams are favorite at minus four, which means they have to win the game by four points. And then money line, negative 198. Means if you bet $198, you'll win 100. If you bet 100 on the Bengals, you'll win 166. So, more so, what I would do, I would look so more so at the prop bets. I wouldn't even look into like the money line or anything like that. It's one game. You're not gonna unless you're putting a lot of money into it. You're not gonna really really win a lot of money. I would look at some prop bets. Touchdowns. So let's look let's look at those prop bets right now for you, my friend. Oh, so yeah, here are some bets. of the, here are some of the prop bets, and and this is open for everybody. This is we're getting towards the dessert portion of the show. So here's one of the first prop bets listed. T. Higgins over or under sixty eight and a half yards receiving. Oh, I'm going over because I think they're going to try to eliminate um, Jamar Chase, and I think Higgins is going to get open. So I'm going over 68. I'll let everybody King, King, you like over or under that for uh, 68 and a half for T? Over. Over? Saeed, what are you rolling with? Over or under 68 and a half receiving yards for T Higgins? Or PJ. Um, I'm gonna say slight under. I I'm giving him around like fifty-eight. I like that. Here's a here's an interesting one. Some people are gonna win or lose a lot of money on this one. Jamar Chase over under five and a half receptions. Oh, I'm going over. Over. I just think they Joe's going to get him involved early enough in, in screens. Because screens counts as reception, so I'm going over. I think they get him involved early and often. I All right, say, I'm through. Uh, what do you got, PJ? I say way over. I say way over. All right, I'm throwing this one right at the king in sight.
What so I, I got him from back. Joe Mixon for tomorrow's Super Bowl game. 92 and a half yards rushing. So I, uh, again, you cut off for a second. 92 and a half yards rushing over under for Joe Mixon. Well, uh, 90 rushing yards over or under, you mean? Yep. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, oh, I'm going to say under. Slightly under. Well, I'll say around 80 yards. But yeah, I'm going to say under just purely because I. Uh, I, I think I think they're going to pass the ball a lot more, you know. I think they're going to pass the ball a lot more um, than hand the ball off. Um, and I, I think part of it's just due to, uh, like I said, I think that line of scrimmage is going to be where the game is won or lost. And I think Joe Burrow is going to have to like really utilize the quick screen RPO passing game, you know, in order to like kind of like get the Bengals down the field as well as you know. Mixon's going to have to be utilized in the passing game a little bit more. So maybe his rushing yards, it won't look like he's had a big rushing. I still think he'll probably get a rushing touchdown if they get into if they get into the red zone. But that doesn't mean I think you'll get over a hundred, uh, over ninety rush yards. I think I'd probably see in the eighties. Um, but yeah, um, that's kind of where I'm at. Where I'm at. But it's hard to predict, though. I could be very wrong, though. I mean. Maybe tomorrow I might say, yeah, he might maybe he might edge 90 or, or 100 yards, but it's hard to predict that one. But I'm just saying it purely based on the Rams, their dominance and, and their D-line. And then also the adjustments they've made in their run defense, you know, which was, you know, below average, you know. And I mean, the adjustments they made on their run defense. And, you know, I think they I think if they play like how they did against the 49ers and, and the Cardinals, forget about the Bucks because the Bucks really were, Bucks were just, you know, passing the ball a ton, right? You know, because they were playing catch-up. So, um, if they play like they did against the Cardinals and the 49ers and, and their run defense, you know, you know, <laughs> it's very good, then I think, I think, yeah, I, 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 I think John Mixon, you know, probably won't be, you know, probably, probably won't have a, a big day rushing. So, that's kind of where I'm at. Here's one for me. Super interesting. Longest reception for Odell Beckham Jr. Over or under 23 and a half yards? Oh, definitely over. I think yeah. Odell made a big one. I think so, too. I mean, the Rams have given up 65. Pardon me. The Bengals have given up 65 receptions of 20 yards or more this season. So... That that could be a sneaky prop bet right there, actually, to make some money on tomorrow. King, take that $12 million that you have in your checking account that we hear on all those TikTok videos, and can you put some money down on that for us tomorrow? Oh, I don't know what TikTok videos you're talking about. I don't make TikTok videos. No, there's this, <laughs> there's this, there's this great TikTok video where like a, a daughter is having dinner with her parents. And she's checking yeah. her bank account statement, and the and the automated system says, "Your balance is twelve million one hundred and thirty seven dollars and fifty two cents." Yeah, <laughs> and the parents go crazy. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So now another interesting part of this prop bet. Here we go. This is getting more into the teeth, the real heart of the game. Over under for Joe Burrow, thirty six and a half pass attempts. Over. Oh, this 
Yep. This one gets a little hard for me. Yes, it does. I'm going to say under. We won't the question man. So, over, over or under that Joe Burrow either throws for less or more than 36 pass attempts. It's actually 36 and a half. Uh, so th- I'm going to, I'm going to go over. I think, we'll, I think we'll throw for more than 40 pass attempts. I think he's going to throw the ball a ton in this game, you know, and, and, and listen, when I say throw, it, it's not going to be down the field completely. Right. More right. Screen passes. Right. Throws, play action. Right. You know, those count as pass attempts, guys. Sure. So um, I, I think we'll throw, yeah, throw a ton because he's going to have to get the ball out very quickly. You know, he's going to have to get the ball out very quickly. And he, of course, he's going to, you know, of course, he's going to hand the ball off quite a lot. Of course, I'm sure to Joe and Mixon, it depends on how that Bengals O line can run block for him. But uh, which, you know, not terrible, it's actually been quite decent. But then, you know, again, we're talking about the Rams defensive line which is a very well-oiled unit, which has made adjustments in the playoffs to improve their run defense. So I expect Joe Burrow to really kind of, you know, you, you know, use his arm a little bit more. I wouldn't be surprised if there's one or two or three big throws in this game where he makes, you know, where he either, you know, connects to Jamal Chase maybe or T Higgins or Tyler Boyd down the field um, or maybe draw a pass interference, you know, you know, so I expect, yeah, I expect Joe Burrow to throw a ton probably around, you know, just around a 40 mark. I'd say between 38 to 41 pass attempts. Now, more I, don't ga- I don't gamble, but I, I, I hear Kaysan is not opposed to throwing a nickel or a dime around if he feels confident on a game. But on the site that I visit, this is their four-star recommendation for a, a bet tomorrow, and it's the over... And here it is. Samar J.P. Ryan, over or under one and a half catches. And the site that I visit, this is their four-star pick over for prop bets tomorrow. I love that one. Right? It's like like what um, what Brandon said. You put Mixon wide out. You put P. Ryan back in the backfield. The offense is looking four wide. You can swing one out the P Ryan easily, and that's right. the one reception you need just to get your money right there. So I like that one. I see why that's the four star bet of the week for whatever site you're looking at. I don't gamble, but the, I don't gamble, but the, I saw I was scrolling down through this before, and I was like, oh, don't wonder why they like that one so much. I mean, that's just that's just like that's like a a go winner right there, and. I mean, the only other one that they have up on the site, uh, aside from like the crazy who wins the coin toss and stuff like that, is uh, over under T. Higgins five and a half catches. I'd almost bet a push on that if I could, but because he's going to be right in there. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because, like we said, they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. So I would definitely take the over. Maybe, like you said, a push, but I would definitely take the over. Saeed hit on a great point because I think in many ways Burrow's going to use that short screen game much in the way a lot of teams use a running game. You you know, you're going to see because it'll allow the pressure. I mean, we all know how it works. There, there are going to be times where they not let the Rams defense come up, whether by design or by discipline, the 
defensive front's going to come in. So that's going to allow that quick dump off screen pass to be wide, you know, to be wide open there. So, and then that's how you talk yourself into the Joe Burrow over under 36 and a half pass attempts. Cause like Saeed said, he could have like eight, just eight, nine pass attempts just in screens. This is going to be so much fun. This is going to be so much fun. Oh, yeah. Sad that last game, man. Sad. Oh, it's sad, gonna be man. the greatest. It's it's gonna be the greatest halftime show in in the in the, in the history of football. Maybe in the history of sports. Oh, I agree, man. You know, Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, uh, Kendrick Lamar. Who I'm still waiting for an album, by the way. It's been five goddamn years, man. I mean, you got Mary J. Blige as well. I think I'm hearing rumors that oh, yeah, Eminem, of course, is there. I must not forget about him. But I'm hearing rumors that Fifty Cent might be involved as well. So. Uh, that's gonna be interesting. I can't wait. This is this is gonna be epic, man. Oh, you um, I think I think you're right with that, Saeed, because now that they have all of these five immortals uh known to be coming out and performing, it would not surprise anybody if like all of a sudden you heard everything go silent and like fifty started just walking up through the crowd or on the field and just started blasting out. Yeah, and it makes sense because like Fifty Cent, you know, he's he's prominently uh, featured on Eminem songs, um, so you know maybe of course like there's some there's some you know links there as well. So uh, I mean, I, I was hearing rumors that yeah, he he could be yeah, he could be performing, but we'll see. But uh, even if he doesn't look, it's still a star st- star studded um, lineup for the Super Bowl halftime show. I can't wait for it, man. It's gonna be. So so good. That's that's my childhood right there, man. You know, all rolled up into one, man. So it's gonna be fun. I can't wait. So you before know, I people, ask you, PJ, what what are you what are you doing for the game uh, tomorrow? Um, I will um, first be uh, going to church, thanking my dear Heavenly Father for another great Sunday, and then I'll um, be mostly at home uh, watching, the, get, uh, getting ready for the game. Uh, I just wanted to ask. Just, just as like a little silly prop bet, um, uh, Mary J. Blige, uh, over or under, uh, five minutes. How many? T- how long she does the Mary walk in the halftime show? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like a twenty-minute halftime show. It's like a twenty, yeah. twenty-five-minute halftime show. So I that's not. Under. I yeah, I go under, but she's gonna hit four. She'll hit. She'll yeah. get close to that. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it would be slightly under. I I think the biggest listen. I know we got all of these artists that are gonna be performing, but I think Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, and Kendrick are gonna, are gonna like be the headliners, um, because they're from you know they're from LA. You know they're from this part of the city, LA. Hey. So uh, hey, you know, you know so what they I, you know what they say about Mary J. A little goes a long way, so you can let let those hey, boys let those boys do their thing. Oh yeah, for sure. But you know, but we we can't forget about Mary G. Blige, man. We gotta we gotta make we gotta let her have a have a moment. So uh, you know, like, but uh, but yeah, like I, I think you know Kendrick, Snoop, um, and Dr. Dre uh, are gonna probably like probably have the probably the you know the biggest part of the acts. Um, so I expect you know being from LA. Um, you know, and yeah, <laughs> but uh, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see, man. I can't wait, but uh, it's good that Eminem's there, man, because like, Eminem and Dr. Dre, man, they've made a, a few good songs together, likewise, Snoop Dogg and, and Dr. Dre featured 
quite a lot. And Kendrick Lamar's also featured um, uh, Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre, you know, pretty much like, it's like, you know, it's so funny. It's like the coaching tree, right? It's like Dr. Dre is, is, sure. is, is the Bill Belichick. And, you know, you got, you know, it's like, you know, he has his assistants, you know, guys that he's, he's collaborated with, you know, guys he's worked with. <laughs> So, you know, in that in that in that music genre, and and I, ju- you know, I I was always a big guy, and my name is Eric. So growing up in New Jersey and 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 having friends in the city, I was either always called Big E or Easy E because I'm just very easygoing. Um, but thinking about all those phenomenal performers, and in, in in just th- they are the Mount Rushmore uh, of that genre of music. It saddens me because I happen to be looking at stuff on YouTube the other day, getting ready for a show, and a guy that I follow put up the from about seven or eight years ago at Coachella, by where my brother lives in California. They do that big outdoor music festival, and that's when they had the hologram of Tupac. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen that. If you haven't, it's on YouTube. Just type in Tupac hologram Coachella and there's even about two or two songs in there with Snoop Snoop is actually there and the hologram looks phenomenal looks like Tupac's right on stage and there they start getting in and it, it too many too many musicians gone way too soon but I tell you what I would have loved to seen Tupac and Biggie but Tupac was special Tupac was super special it would have been nice to see him on that stage tomorrow but Nevertheless, no reason to get this sad. Let's run down some scores real quick. Cavaliers beat the Pacers, 120 to 113. Uh, Thunder have just gotten horrible. They lose by 13 to the Sixers tonight. Sixers are still waiting for James Harden to come down. Uh, Celtics win 108-102. And the Timberwolves lose by 12 to the storming Chicago Bulls. Chicago 35 and 21. That team is strong. That team is strong. Biggie, you're, you're forgetting one score, my guy. What did I, I know, forget, baby? This, this is pro- this is probably going to hurt you if you're if you're a fan of this certain team. But uh the yeah, the Portland Trailblazers 112, 103 to the yeah. Beating the Knicks and the oh, Knicks. Oh man, why you had to had, bring it up, Saeed? Man? Oh. Had a twenty-three, had a twenty-three point lead. Why you had to uh, bring it up? Man? You know, <laughs> still not in the show, man. Don't make me kick you off the show. Hey man, you know, big, yeah, big, you trying to be slick, man. You doing so well. You trying to be slick, missing out like trying to lead the Knicks up, man. Saeed was doing so well, big. We got kick off. You know what I'm saying, man? You know me, man. Listen, Keep it real, man. baby. Keep it real. Listen, man. Hey, listen. As, as a Brooklyn Nets fan, man, you know, I mean, this is all this talk, you know, the, the whole trade, Ben Simmons, and yeah, James do you guys want to? You guys want to talk about that for five minutes before before we sign off? I mean, I know. So, listen, real fast, everybody. Thanks for listening tonight. Uh, hey, Wicked. Um, Wicked. You know, we all we we have the show tomorrow morning. Um, our prediction show is tomorrow at 9.14 in the morning. If anybody needs to change that, just message me. I can make it later or whatever. 
Um, so we'll we'll run all that all the fun stuff down for the scores and the predictions tomorrow. But but in closing, like what do you guys think? You're my brainstorming geniuses for basketball. What do you think about the uh, Ben Simmons move and the right, Nets? I'm gonna I'm be as quick as possible because I'll go on a tangent because you guys know basketball is my my forte. I think the Nets win that trade easily. And oh yeah, I agree. And you guys know I, I live in I lived in both cities. Like I live in Philadelphia now, but I'm from New York, so I got my ears to the streets when it comes to both cities. Like. Philadelphia, don't get me wrong. I think it's a good trade for Philadelphia because they got a scorer and a point guard that they needed. Um, but I don't think it's going to work out because if you guys remember the last time Philadelphia had another star, I wouldn't say superstar because uh, I don't think Jimmy Butler is a superstar, but he is a star. Him and them beat butted heads and it didn't work. Granted, they did say it was because of Simmons and his personality, but anybody that knows basketball knows it's only one basketball and somebody's going to take less shots, whether it's going to be Embiid with his touches in the post or James Harden with his shots. But granted, James is more of a passer, but he can also score. But then you you lose Seth Curry and you lose Andre Drummond, which brings me to my other point for Brooklyn. You pretty much give Brooklyn the ammunition that they need. We know Kyrie's playing part-time right now, but it doesn't matter because when Kyrie's playing, he's playing pretty good. Ben Simmons brings something that Brooklyn really needs, a wing defender and a pass first point guard. You bring, you give them the addition of Seth Curry, who's a shooter. You already have Patty Mills, who's a shooter. Kyrie and KD are scorers, but can also shoot the ball. Um, Joe Harris, when he comes back in a couple of weeks, is a phenomenal three-point shooter. So you're pretty much giving Brooklyn all the ammunition they need. And don't forget about Andre Drummond, a big that they need desperately needed because they don't have a big on that roster to get rebounds. So now you have Blake, Andre, and I think Lamar is still there. So that's a dangerous roster going down in the future. And I think a lot of people just look at James Harden being a scorer at Philadelphia, but not understanding that the dynamic of basketball is pretty simple, especially when it comes down to playoff basketball. And you have more time to study film. It's like we just got done saying in the NFL is one and done. In the NBA, you can't run that pick and roll for a seven-game series because they're going to find a way to stop that pick and roll. And I think that's going to be the Sixers' downfall. I still think Milwaukee is better. I still think Brooklyn is better. And like Biggie said, I think Chicago is here to stay because that young roster. James Harden does bring an addition of a score, but I don't know if it's going to be enough in this fully loaded Eastern Conference uh, for the Sixers to get over the hump. Yeah, I, I agree with Case on. I think the Nets won this trade um, just because I, I think, look, um, James Harden, I think this is purely down to James Harden, you know, um, who has slightly, you know, lost a step um, of the past year. Obviously, uh, yes, yes, he was out of shape um, and obviously had that hamstring injury uh, last year as well and also has had some some injury issues as well. Um, you know, this past season, not playing his best and not, you know, of course, some 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 issues, you know, just motivation, motivational issues, which, of course, could be factored into the fact that he didn't want to be in Brooklyn um, let's see how he plays. I'm sure he'll. I'm sure he'll ball out because obviously he's in a much better environment. He believes because you know you got Daryl Morey, um, you know who you know he links up with him again from Houston. Uh, so uh, so that of course that's a plus for James Harden. But also there's some negatives. Like I said, lost a step. Um, he's getting on a bit in age, so he's older than Ben Simmons. Uh, let's not forget about that. Age plays a factor, and also 
okay, uh, Son. Um, I don't want to say you missed this point because you you broke it down so well. Um, uh, you know how this trade may impact both teams, but uh, there's one thing that uh, you you did forget. Uh, it's the contract. James Harden's going to be a free agent, and uh, you know he's due to earn if he does opt in a two hundred and seventy million dollar contract, five year deal, uh, which you know basically by the age of 38 he will earn a whopping 62 million dollars by the age of 38 if he signs his contract which most likely he will you know now that he's pretty much at the team that he wants to be or probably the team that he was probably going to go to in free agency basically um you know <laughs> you know this will be the worst contract in the NBA you know, it will it will eclipse Russell Westbrook's co- contract, which is horrible, and we're seeing the ramifications of Russell Westbrook's contract and how that's already affecting the Lakers organization, right? Uh, John Wall's contract, we'll look, we're seeing how that affects Houston because Houston can't move, Houston can't move John Wall because of that pretty stupid contract. And now, if if James Harden, you know, if the Sixers, if they give him that contract, which you know, which you know, obviously James Harden opts in and gets that contract, you know. Um, we'll see if if uh, we'll see how well James Harden plays. They better hope that James Harden is 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 where Chris Paul is at. You know, in terms of like being in good basketball shape in his mid to sort of late thirties, because you know James Harden right now we're starting to see some some loss in step. Hopefully that's you know that's not true. I mean, obviously a part of that could be down to some injuries, out of shape. If he can get back into that and, and play at somewhat. A similar level to what he was at Houston, which obviously that's going to be very difficult. Uh, you know, with you know, with, with like I, like what, with what I just said, with the whole him being out of shape and the injuries. Um, look, you know, you know that contract is not going to be great. You know, well, we need to see which James Harden shows up. Um, so uh, yeah, I think you know, in the long term, I think the Sixers lose this trade. You know, they can win this trade by winning the championship. You know, if 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 James Harden comes out and balls out, knowing that Jarell Jarell Embiid is in the MVP conversation, I think you know, like they've got a good shot. You know, being in the being in the NBA Finals, but also they've got the Brooklyn Nets. You know, you gave away Ben Simmons. Out, look, Ben Simmons. Yes, he took a lot of heat in 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 the postseason last season um, against the Hawks, uh, rightfully so, because he you know he wasn't brave enough when you know when 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 the Sixers needed him to be. Right, I get that, but then let's not forget that Ben Simmons is is literally good at everything else apart from shooting. <laughs> you know, and he has a so, team, he has a roster full of scorers. So, that, so that's... you know, and, and also, and even then, yeah, case of yeah, he has, he's on a team that's full of scores, right? With Kevin Durant, and then obviously Kyrie. Whenever he, whenever you know, whenever he wants to play, obviously with the whole vaccine mandate. In New York, um, so <laughs> whenever he shows up, I mean, uh, you got Seth Curry coming with you, and you obviously got Joe Harris, who's a very good shooter. So you know, I mean, you got guys there that can, you know, that can, uh, you know, that can score, that can shoot, you know, and and you know, this is a better fit for Ben Simmons. I think I I actually think Ben Simmons will thrive in Brooklyn, you know, more so than he did in Philly, because I feel like I I actually said this before. Um, you know, not to you guys, but I've said this many times. Listen, I think, you know, 
uh, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, they never, they, it just wasn't a fit because Ben Simmons, people can say, listen, is he a point guard or is he a forward? I view more as a forward, a point forward who's, you know, I know it's not a position, but you know, like we, we always talk about how LeBron James is a point forward, small forward who, who distributes the game of basketball like he's a point guard, right? Um, same way like with Ben Simmons. But, you know, but there's times where Ben Simmons, you know, he needs to be in, you know, he needs to be in the paint, but, you know, you got Joel Embiid in there. So it just never really was a fit there. So I expect him to thrive there. That's why I'm saying it's a better trade for Brooklyn because Brooklyn got a piece that they needed, a good defensive player, a good two-way player. And that's and a big. And a big as well. You know, oh yeah, and Andre Drummond and a big. You got Andre Drummond and Seth Curry to shoot. And they got two first-round picks as well to go on. I think Brooklyn won this trade. That just uh, seems like just a fleece. In the I'm not seems just like in the short term, but even long term. I think so, yeah, a fleece. Two first round picks. Andre Drummond, who's a big, who they need. They needed a big. That was one of the Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Nets. That was their weakness. Yeah. They couldn't need. rebound. The rebound. They, they needed rebound. a big who can rebound. They've got Andre Drummond. And you can, Ben Simmons, he's he's a big as well. He's a good rebounder you know, as well. He's a great rebounder as well. A great defensive player. You just player. added 20 rebounds. To your to your team, somebody uh, two and, two guys, and you've added and you've added more shooting, you oh, know, with, with Steph Curry and Joe Harris, and obviously you got Kevin Durant, and then you know Kyrie Irving only, only on road games, fellas, as well. So right. I mean, so let me ask money. let me ask you guys this question: Say the Sixers mm-hmm. don't get, to, say the Sixers don't win the championship this year. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the what's the what's the move that Philly makes next year. You know, you know um, what I mean? It's not going to be Harden and Embiid and what they have on the roster right now and we're going to war. It's more going to be like that probably for New Jersey than it will be for Philly. So they can't make any more moves this season. So what do the Sixers have to do next season to make the team that they just currently traded to put together with Harden and Embiid? And the other pieces that they have down there. What's what's the next move for Philly next season? I don't know if Philadelphia can make a move because I makes a great point. Yeah, that James Harden does sign that extension. You don't have any money, so you're going with yeah. this roster. So this is where I agree with Saeed. They're gonna hate the day they traded Ben Simmons. Philadelphia fans, as much as they're don't get me wrong, they're great fans. I don't like them, but they're great fans. And that's just my personal opinion. I just don't like them. I think what they needed to do was to keep Ben and trade Joel. You can always get another big. You can't never you can't never find another point forward. Those don't grow they don't grow on right. trees. LeBron is LeBron. Ben right. is Ben. And granted, I think in a couple of weeks we're gonna see the potential that everybody saw when Ben came out of LSU, how he's gonna be the next LeBron James because he fits in the perfect system. But as far as answering your question, I don't see any roster moves you can do like What's the best you can do in free agency? There's not a lot of free agents coming out. This is not a good free agent class. You're going to have to probably make a trade, but you have a lot of contract situation. I mean, if there's a guy to do it, it's going to be Daryl Morey. But um, I wanted to make this point quickly, too. If you're the Sixers and you don't win the championship this year, you're in purgatory. You're going to be a really good team, but you're not going to win the championship. You're not going to beat the Warriors. You're not going to be the Phoenix team. You're not going to be Brooklyn, so like, where are you? You're just going to be a very good competitive team that can make the Eastern Conference Finals. But think about it: that's Houston, that's the Clippers, that that's anywhere James has been. 
that that's their legacy, a really good team that can't get over the hump. So if you're Philadelphia, it's not like you're going to win a championship and you're not guaranteed a championship this year either because I think Brooklyn has a better team. I think Milwaukee has a better team. I think Golden State has a better team. Phoenix has a better team. Like, it, yeah, it's I a, agree. It's a thing with playoff basketball. As much as I love the NFL and I love how the playoffs run in the NFL, playoff basketball is also beautiful as well because you have more time to lock in and figure out figure out strategy on how to stop a team. And I don't see how Philadelphia is going to win a seven-game series against Milwaukee or Brooklyn. Like, you have a big who can score, but at the same time, which you're just going to have to play pick and roll. Like, I don't see any other system because Tobias is inconsistent. He could get you 15 to 20, but that's not a guarantee. Tyree Matt, Ty, Tyrese Maxey is too young of a guard. Where I don't even well, they did make it to the pub, but I don't I don't think he has enough experience. You give up Seth, who's a really good shooter, and you didn't replace you didn't get any shooting back. And that was if Philadelphia had a problem for the last three years, it would be they never surrounded Ben Simmons with enough shooting. They wanted yeah. Ben to score, but in reality, all you had to do was find shooters, and the NBA is full of shooters. You can find shooters in the G League. That's how good of a skill it is. Like, you don't need scorers because I think people always get the two confused. People who can score the basketball and people who are mainly shooters. Like, when they had, think about it, they had, there was a year they had Ilias Over and JJ Reddick. And that was their best season. When Ilias Over walked in free agency and I think JJ got traded to, um, to PJ's team, the, the Mavericks, they weren't the same. They weren't the same team. And I, and I think, if Philadelphia always goes back to regret something, they never put shooters around Ben. They wanted him to shoot. And it's like, why? You have a talented a talented wing defender who can get to the basket at will. It, just do the smart thing and, and fill the roster with shooters. But, you know, pride is the devil. And this is why Philadelphia is in the situation they are now. I don't know you if know, this um, helps. I, I'll just get this in real quick. I don't know if this helps anybody that they're talking about right now. But a little bit of news. Um, the Clippers, the Bucks, the Bulls, and the Nets are amongst potential suitors if the Spurs do a uh, buyout deal with Goran Dragic. I don't know. I think the Knicks should be one of those teams trying to get them because they don't have a point guard to run the offense, and I think that's exactly what Goran Dragic could do. He's not really yeah, no, nah, never mind. I, if I'm the Knicks, I don't even look that way because he can't score the ball either. But I don't see none of those teams that you know, can he can really help. Maybe the Mavs, but they got Luka. He could be a backup. Yeah, and I think um, when it comes to answering your question about Philly, yeah, um, totally what um what Kason said, and uh, and it was almost and it was almost gospel to how well he um, analyzed that. So uh, great job, uh, NK. But um. I think for Philadelphia, if when it comes to like what type of moves you need to make, um, I think you obviously I think they need a point guard, um, and I do think they need to surround Bent um, Embiid with guys who can score and shoot effectively. Um, I can actually be an advocate for one player because I don't know if my team will have enough money to bring him back because of how well he's played. Jalen Brunson could be an emerging. Um, starting point guard um, in the NBA and somebody Philadelphia could maybe look at um, bringing in 
to maybe be a starter to complement um, Harden and Embiid. Look at a guy who is a guy who goes heavy to the paint, who is a who has always been like a. I'm trying to figure out the right word to say this. Um, he always gets attention towards him when he goes into the lane because of because of how um, shifty of a of a person he is. He's always there to get a um, high percentage bucket. Look at that. That's a easy um, on pick and on, and on pick and roll plays. That's a easy um, connection between him and Embiid, and he has the um, the, the um, floor vision to hit um, Harden on open shots if need be. I like his potential. He's um, he he played at Villanova, which is near Philadelphia, so it would it would make sense. And I think he's a guy that's going to be in the conversation for a big contract. But like like um, NK said, it all depends on on what the contract for James Harden is because if Harden values the chip over money, then I think um, he could maybe finagle that so they can do some things to um, put this team as a whole in position. But if he goes in on that money on that contract and get and goes for the money, then Philadelphia is in deep trouble, and I don't think they have a chance of being a legit contender in the Eastern Conference or NBA overall. So, yeah. let me get in here, because everybody's been talking. Let me just, let me just get my take out. Uh, James Harden is a punk. <laughs> no, no, he's a punk. Like, I, I, I don't respect anybody who quits on their team. You want to be traded? Cool. Play the games, do your job. That's what they're paying you this money for, okay? Now, I understand why he wanted out. Kyrie did not sacrifice or dedicate anything to the team. Everything's been about Kyrie. But he did Kevin dirty. Kevin can't help it that his own player ran into his, his leg. Like, come on now. Let's be real. You know what I'm saying? Before I go any further in my diatribe, though, I know I cut Biggie off and we got a message. No. So. No, you're good, King. Keep doing your thing. Okay, hold on. Let's play this message first because I, I know it's from Wicked. And then I'll get back into my diatribe here. Hold up. Um, and if Philadelphia is trying to get better, I will uh, <clears throat> throw um, Carrius Levert into that um, hat. Uh, they would definitely be better. Uh, it will be uh, a point guard, James Arden, Carrius Car- Levert, um, Tobias Harris at the four, and Joel Embiid. And Karis Levert can get you 40 or 50 any night. So does James Harden. So does Joel Embiid. Um, and it will be a great team, you know. Um, and I think they could rival as the best team in the NBA. Okay, now let me get back to what I was saying. So um, if you ask me who won the trade, it's definitely Brooklyn. Anybody that tells you that Brooklyn did not win the trade, because they have Ben Simmons who doesn't shoot. They obviously don't know basketball. They don't or understand. The way... <laughs> yeah, I guess. But I'm just saying, like, you know, they don't know basketball. They don't know that the basketball's... basketball has evolved to almost a positionless um, game. Now, the best lineup, I feel, whether Kyrie's there or not, you'd go Patty Mills, Kyrie, um... Jesus, sorry. So, Patty Mills, Kyrie. Then you could go KD, Simmons, and uh, and uh, Drummond. That's just a starting lineup. Do you know what I mean? You could swap out um, 
Aldridge, put Ben at the five, keep KD where he's at, and put Aldridge in. And now you've got shooters surrounding it. Now, to the point of Ben Simmons, he better start shooting. I don't need no three-pointers, but you better pull somebody down and drop some fades. You better be uh, a huge threat that if they leave you open within 12 to 13 feet, you can at least put it up because you're going to have somebody there to rebound, right? I think Kevin Durant will give him that um, that confidence. Also, they had to make this trade due to the fact that Harden didn't sign back with them. And then on top of it, they already have KD in the bag. So now they've got KD and Ben Simmons in the bag for three years. So now they can really build on that team. For Philadelphia now, let's just pray and hope that Embiid doesn't end up choke slamming Harden through some chairs because it seems like Harden loves the strip clubs more than he actually loves playing the game. I mean, I don't know if you guys seen that. I don't know if it was a meme. I, I don't think it was a meme. I think it was an actual picture from one of the strip clubs in Philly welcoming uh, James Harden there. Um, I, I believe that Daryl Morey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I seen right? the ass. I know it's real. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, for, for me, I think Philly, they're going all in, and I don't blame them because really, Embiid is a great center right now. And he may only have two years left. Of this, you know what I mean? We don't know his injury status. We don't know how he's going to really do. You know what I mean? He, he's gotten over the poor eating habits. And I said it's the case on before and, and, and the crew. I'm proud of Embiid because he took the criticism Shaq gave him and he turned it into motivation. Ben Simmons didn't do that. Ben's, Ben's seeing a psychiatrist right now. Let's hope Ben, ben gets right. But definitely Brooklyn won the, the trade because now they don't have to worry about re-signing Kyrie. That's another thing too, right? Like, they can they can open up their books for for better players, people who want to be there. And, and I'm not I'm not trying to poo poo on Kyrie either. It, it's his decision, but this is a team game where everybody has to sacrifice something. Everybody has to be all in, and that's why James Harden did what he did. I'm done. <laughs> it's bigger than basketball, though. No, it, listen, it is bigger than basketball, Wicked. But here's the thing, though: what do we know Kyrie for? For being a horrible teammate and alienating the front office and in his own teammates, I didn't want to go that deep. I was just gonna say basketball, right? Oh, that's how that's how we know him. That's his profession, right? <laughs> <laughs> I understand that you want to pull on him too. I don't really want to pull no, on him. I don't want to really pull is. on him. No, no, I, I don't think that's pulling on him. That's just telling the truth. Like that's what he does. No. He did it no. in Cle- He did it in Cleveland and he did it in Boston. Now he's. Doing, doing it here. I mean, you know, like his uh, his uh, his uh, track record pre- it precedes themselves. I mean, I like any even Stevie Wonder could, it could see that Kyrie is an eccentric teammate. Yeah, I wouldn't call him bad. He, he's eccentric, and you have to deal with his mood swings. No, no, he's bad. He, no, he, he's a bad teammate. He doesn't realize that it's it's a team sport, right? He, he still feels that it's all about him, which which is fair in his own world where the world's flat and the sky is green and the grass is blue. Hey, if that's what he wants to think, I'm all for it. As a sports fan, I can't judge him too harshly, but as somebody who's played team sports, 
I don't want a player like that on my team. I don't care how talented he is. Because basketball, in the sense of having one player can change everything, in the same breath, one player can ruin everything. And I, I, I also, too, I want to bring the next franchise as a whole. Why didn't they just keep Kyrie gone? Harden probably wouldn't have felt the way he felt, even though I still call him a grown-ass itch. <laughs> he's a whole he, he's a whole hoe out here um, for, for doing what he did, but I understand his frustration, right? You say the guy's not playing because he doesn't want to get vaccinated. Okay, I got to grind. Katie gets hurt. All right, he'll be back soon. And then what happens is they bring Ky- uh, Kyrie back because they're panicking, and they pretty much let Kyrie win, win the war. Because he wasn't going to get vaccinated no matter what. And they could have just been like, okay, we're not paying you. You know what I mean? And, and Kyrie's valid in why he doesn't want to be vaccinated. They never told him that he had to do that to play basketball. That was a last-second decision. So I understand his frustration and him feeling like they're forcing him to do something he doesn't want to do. So I just want to make that very clear. But then at the end of the day, it's sacrifice, man. Kevin Wilds said this, I think this, said this on Friday. Coaching a team of superstars is a lot harder than people think it is. They think, oh, yeah, you know, Phil Jackson, Steve Kerr, all these guys know. Everybody's seen the last dance. Well, Pippen decided to get surgery. Rodman's in wrestling matches in the playoffs. Do you know what I mean? There was all times, all kinds of turmoil. He goes to the Lakers, the same thing, trying to keep Kobe and Shaq's egos in check and still make them, you know what I mean, perform at a high level. You know what I mean? It's not easy. Steve Kerr? Look, KD could have blew that ish up the first year. Because I think I think there was some stuff that was said to him. He probably let go. Do you know what I mean? And the second year probably irked him a little bit more, especially when um I said the general manager, he said, Oh God, KD, you get whatever we whatever we want to give you. Steph gets anything he wants. He's been here longer. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fucked like, up. Yeah, that was yeah. fucked up. <laughs> like he KD says that at him like when it's two, me, though. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be two. here. Yeah, guys, guys, no. sorry, I had to go. Um, what, what are you talking about right now? I know, I know, he's talking about like I, I was literally just talking about when I left. I think yeah, we was talking about the trade, uh, built uh, Ben Simmons and James Harden trade. But um, were you guys yes. talking about now, so I can chime in? Um, right now I'm just breaking down everything in general, like team sacrifice to, to the reason why James Harden left. Like he's 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 still a full grown itch, but I'm just I'm being I'm being humane in the way I'm breaking it down. Like I'm saying, I understand. Okay. You know, I understand why he wanted to make the move. I just can't justify the actions. And and Philly lost to this trade, period, right? But, yeah, you know, it's fair for them to say that, but you didn't have to say that to KD. KD didn't need to hear that from, from the general manager. Come on, man. So some things, and, and Kayson should know this, some things don't have to be spoken in, in, in the locker room, man. You just mm-hmm. know. Right? You you get you tap into somebody's psyche, and don't forget, Jim, not James Harden, Kevin Durant's got a bag of burners, bro. You think this guy's not out here airing <laughs> out, airing out uh, Harden's dirty business? I mean, we all see the All Star selection. He was like, pick Harden. He's like, bro, you can have him, LeBron. I don't want him. <laughs> they they, they chucking them are like, yeah, he, oh no, uh, LeBron James is like, is he gonna be able to play? And Chuck's like, oh, he, he's ready to play. Go rub some icy hot on that. He's training. He's good to go. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but go yeah. ahead, Saeed. Um, yeah, I was gonna let somebody else speak so I can like still uh, give my 
still think about what what I uh, think. Okay, well, I, I, I guess it'll be okay. I'll go, I'll go here. It's, I'll um, go after like the next person. Okay. I'll go right after the next person. That's fine. So, um, I. I I do agree with King that James Harden acted like a big baby, like pouting, pouting, just to get his way. Um, But I also like to um, blame management. Like, never let a player pout until you get him out of there. You know what I'm saying? You hold him accountable, and this is what you sign up for. Like, you pouted, and I do think what he did in Houston came back to bottom in the ass like that um last year's um early season he was out of shape and he he was never able to get get back into shape and that kind of transitioned to this season right so um I am really betting on a motivated James Harden to be in um Philadelphia right um I do think they won the trade because um, Ben Simmons, although that he can't shoot because of his confidence, because he can't shoot. He just don't have the, you know, like the confidence to shoot and, and miss because you you are going to miss some. You, you are going to make some. You just have to take the shot, right? Um, if he start to shoot and shoot with confidence, Brooklyn definitely won this trade because he he is the de facto uh, uh, point guard and Kyrie could just stay at, as it is. Um, I I really want Brooklyn to keep Ky- Kyrie. I, I want them to work that ad out because if he's not there, I don't see them getting out the East. Like, that's just, that's just what it is. Like, Brooklyn needs Kyrie, and, and I, I think that's why Kyrie is acting like that because he knows they need me to win. But on the same, so hand, he's pulling Kyrie, the AB. Brooklyn, um, you say he's pulling the AB. Yeah, he is. But <laughs> at the same time, Kyrie needs Brooklyn to win because he he can go anywhere with with his handles and his finishing and his great scoring. But if you go to Indiana. Like you guys aren't going going to win because it's going to be a one man one man show, and that's who he is unless he he feels comfortable passing the ball, right? Um, uh, I I I am throwing my chips in, and I'm going all in on Philadelphia because I and. And this is just like speculation, right? Like I, I don't know. I could be wrong. I could be wrong as hell, and King could be right, right, right as well. And Kason, but like a motivated James Harden, I've seen him for a good part of six seasons, six seasons in Houston, and man, he was incredible. You know what I mean? Like he was incredible. Um, it's going to be harder for for him to get back. He's still choked, shape, though. Shape. And, He's still choked, and, though. Hey, Wicked? Yeah, they they choked. I He's, mean, no, no, I no, mean, no. It he is choked. What, he it, what, choked. what it is because he was the only. Well, I can't. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. The See, only there we go. There because no, 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 no. He, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. What? Don't do. You know, don't he wasn't do the only one there. 
You know he wasn't the only one there. I mean, him him and Chris Paul didn't get along. Oh, no, it's not just him and Chris Paul. You don't remember the 13 turnovers? He got his, his jersey number. The Spurs closed him out. 3-1 lead. No, he he, well, he, does, he it's not just as much as the Spurs one. Remember the Golden State series, man. Yeah. You know? So, <laughs> 27. Yeah. Like, that mean, was the whole team. 27. He, he, yeah, he still, can't, you know, look, listen, listen. The whole team listen, choked, I, I, really. I, part of it, James Harden as yeah. well. Sorry, Ricky, Ricky, finish me. No, 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 no. It's all good. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that he is the second coming of Michael Jordan. I'm just saying at this part of his career, he's either the second or third best player in his team. What he has to do is accept his role, get in shape. That's my biggest thing. If he's in shape, they're going to be a dangerous team. But if he's not in shape, they're going to be fifth best. They, they they won't get past Milwaukee nor Brooklyn. But if he if he is in shape and he is motivated and he does buy into what Doc Rivers is selling, they're going to be a dangerous team. And there's another caveat. If Joel Embiid is also healthy, because we all know that Joel Embiid with his health is up and down, up and down. Right now, this year, I haven't seen seen him kind of like go out for two, three games or a week or two weeks or six weeks, right? So um, knock on wood that that he is healthy throughout the whole se- season, in, including the, the playoffs. So Philly has a lot of caveats. Brooklyn only have one caveat. Well, two, Kyrie and if Ben Simmons shoots with confidence. So that's my take on on that whole thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to start with the whole James Harden situation, and I'll I'll respond to you, Wicked. Um, I listened to the last part of what King said. Um, and I slightly, yeah. I, I I think James Harden probably. I felt like he should have handled the situation better. Um, the second time he's he's sort of done it, you know. Although the Houston one was was by far worse, just because you know he came, you know, deliberately to training camp, you know, out of shape, um, you, know, you know, pretty much just you know like just showing you know Stephen Silas, you know that that listen, I ain't committed, man. I don't care, man. I'm coming in out of shape. I don't give a damn. You know what I'm trying to say, and that was just the wrong move. I didn't like that. Um, um, look, you always wish at the end of the day, you know, um, to be traded from Houston and to go to Brooklyn at the time. Uh, let's not forget that, you know, in the offseason, in a very short offseason for most teams, um, because of the bubble and the pandemic, um, Harden, Ky- uh, uh, James Harden, Kyrie and Katie, they all trained together um, and pretty much were all, you know, they all together, all three of them brought into the idea that they could all team up and maybe try and win an NBA championship, right? They all brought into that idea. Now, obviously, Gideon and Kyrie, of, of course, were already in Brooklyn. So that meant that James Harden, you know, <laughs> just he's the missing piece. And c- considering that Houston, of course, it didn't work out with Russell Westbrook for one year, um, because they did trade away, they traded away Chris Paul, even though they didn't get along. I thought that was a mistake um, because I thought Chris Paul and James Harden weren't uh, they weren't that bad of a duo. I know people like 
you know, want to talk about how they choked in the playoffs, you know, and all that. They weren't a terrible duo, but they, you know, they, yes, of course, they didn't get along. Um, so I, I said that trade was going to, like, come back to hurt them, and it did because after one year, they traded away Russell Westbrook, which meant that, you know, James Harden, who wanted Russell Westbrook to, at, at first, let's not forget, you know, obviously Russell Westbrook gets traded to Washington now. Obviously, James Harden admitted that, you know, him and Russell Westbrook needed to part ways, which meant that, you know, James Harden thought, you know what, I want to be traded as well. I feel like I've done what I needed to do in Houston. I've, you know, therefore would like to go to Brooklyn, uh, to be traded to Brooklyn, uh, to link up with Kyrie and KD and try and win an NBA title. Um, you know, uh, quote unquote, in the form of wing, ring, ring chasing, right? So he goes to Brooklyn, gets traded there, right? Agrees, you know, uh, come, yeah, he goes there after, you know, coming into agreement with KD and Kyrie that, listen, you know, all of them three together on the same team can win an NBA championship. Now, the only thing that was in their way in that season, of course, of course, was injuries, which ultimately happened. KD had that hamstring injury, which, you know, he missed 20 plus games um, in the middle of the season. Um, but then the big domino came when uh, when when uh, Kyrie had that ankle injury in game one against Milwaukee, um, against the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, and then, of course, uh, yeah, pretty much James Harden gets a hamstring injury um, and pretty much injuries plays a big factor as to why, you know, Brooklyn didn't win the championship the first time around. OK, it happens. Injuries happen. Right. Um, and look, um, and, in this, and in this season, the biggest, you know, the biggest sort of, I would say, um, the biggest thing that was in their way in trying to pursue the for the championship is Kyrie. Now, we've spoken about this before with Kyrie. I think we've all spoken on the panel before on Kyrie and the vaccine. Uh, I think we've, we've spoken at, in relation to Aaron Rodgers as well. Um, I'm not going to like form an opinion on vaccines. I'm just saying just what, what I'm going to say on Kyrie. I think at the end of the day, Kyrie knew there was a vaccine mandate in New York, which would which meant that, you know, him not taking the vaccine would mean that he won't play at home games uh, in Brooklyn, right? So, uh, but at the end of the day, he doesn't care because he's going to keep his stance, right? He made his decision not to get vaccinated and therefore that's his decision, whether, whether we like it, as basketball fans or not, right? So um, that's his decision. Um, so, of course, James Harden, you know, uh, yes, I can understand that. He, he was, he, he, I can understand why he's frustrated because Kyrie, maybe, yes, the vaccine stance might have, you know, played a part, which I think it did, definitely. But also, KD, yes, being injured and obviously... You know, not you know, not having, uh, not playing enough games together. You know, uh, yes, just the disruptions of injuries, the vaccine. You know, it's crazy because like they've only played sixteen games together, those three, right? So you can understand from James Harden, that, yes, why he wanted to be traded away from Brooklyn because he was frustrated. He wanted look, you know, listen, he wanted continuity, he wanted consistency. 
You know, yeah. Um, you know, and he never got that, right? You know, I can no, understand well, that. It started, from, it started from last year too, Saeed, right? No, I said, I that's, remember that's, what I said. that's what I said. I said last year too, but then also, but then also you got to say that injuries played a part, which is not, listen, which is something you, you know, you can forget about and move on. But this season, of course, uh, the biggest effect really, King, um, is, you know, Kyrie not, not being able to play home games because his refusal with his refusal to take the vaccine, which you know, listen, it's entirely up to his decision. You know, at the end of the day, he yeah. knew what he knew the mandate. He just didn't want to get vaccinated. Okay, so well, no, no, here's the thing, though. You have to look at it both ways because you're entirely right. I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying, last year without the vaccines, Kyrie was very reluctant to play the full season. You know, remember he disappeared. I, I, I get it. Two weeks, yeah, I, right? So th- that yeah, that frustration, uh, we'll, we'll we'll take the the injuries out of that because that happens to anybody. Well, but yeah, you're of right course. In- I, I agree, King. I, I I know where you're coming from now. Listen, look, I get it. Cool, Kyrie. We've listen. Kyrie's talented. We all know. We all know Kyrie is ultra talented, right? Okay, I've actually been Kyrie's biggest critic, really. Um, and I've always questioned his leadership. I've questioned his commitment oh, to the game. Huh? He's not a leader. He's far I know, from a leader. I said I, for, for, no, I, said I, I know. I'm just saying, for somebody like because him the... to say no, but for somebody like him to say he was a Kobe stand, he's not acting like a Kobe stand. Devin oh, yeah. Booker, Giannis, there's you know what I mean. Those are Kobe stands. Do you, 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 do you know what I mean? And, yeah. and Harden had all right to to feel the way he felt and wanted to get his trade. For me, like I said, I just didn't like the way he went about it. And he left Kevin Durant holding the bag and tried to make it seem like, you know, Kevin Durant was the one that's supposed to tell Kyrie. Couldn't nobody tell Kyrie nothing. The office, the, the main the main office, the first mistake they made was making Steve Nash the coach. I love Steve Nash. I'm Canadian. I would love to see him coach. But you can't give you can't be giving some of these guys, first timers, a position um, expecting them to to win when, you know, in all actuality. They would have been better off going with, you know what I mean? A guy yeah. who who's proven. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but King, uh yeah, King, you're forgetting that KD and Kyrie co-signed. You know, oh, I'm not forgetting that. I'm not forgetting that. To have Steve Nash. Um and look I know, but um, it's just like the way and look, uh, LeBron James KD and Kyrie Russ coming, but hold yeah. on. It's, it's like it's like LeBron James co-signing Russ coming to the Lakers, right? The Lakers, yeah. the general manager of them should have told him no. But what they do, they yeah. capitulated to them. So, you know, as much as as much as I, I'd love to put it on Kevin and Kyrie, even though Kyrie went on his podcast and said, Oh, we don't even have a coach. That that in itself should have showed them, hey, yo, listen, this guy, you know what I mean? We 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 can't capitulate to these guys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, look, um, look, listen. If I was a GM, if I was working in the front office, I ain't listening a word to what. I don't care how good of a player you are. I'm just not listening, you know, uh, when it comes to making decisions, you know, like, because at the end of the day, you know, if you're a GM or a scout or, you know, head of basketball operations, like, you worked so hard, you know, to be in this position by studying players and studying, like, just studying players from from films, um, just, all these game tapes and everything to, to like to not know how to, to, to know how to make a decision, right? So um at the end of the day, um look, 
Katie and Kyrie have big egos. They're superstar players. Um, you know, they're both listen, they're both box office. Listen, at the end of the day, if you're if you're in the Brooklyn area, if you're in the New York area, I know, listen, I know more people are gonna watch the Knicks, okay? Let's be honest. It's, it's the Madison Square Gardens, okay? But also at the same time, if you're gonna watch the Brooklyn Nets play, you're watching them because of the superstar. Kevin Durant and and uh and, and Kyrie, right? So um 